and welcome back to Chainsaws and Claws after our hiatus of like a week and a half. Um, <laughs> I am Patrick Vicious. I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. And today we have returned because at the time that we are releasing this it is a week, I think is the only one in 2023, with a Friday 13th in it. So it is an appropriate time, and therefore the best possible time, to talk about the, in my opinion, the second best and fucking awesome Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter. Although I don't think Part 4 is in the title. But no. whatever, the final chapter, like, which is, like, it's funny, I never thought about it until you mentioned it once, like a few years ago. Not probably that long ago, probably like a year ago. Um, when, like, you mentioned that the ones that get played played the most often on WPIX were uh, Final Chapter and Jason Lives. Mm -hmm. And like that might be why that I was the ones I had the most attachment to um, from watching them repeatedly on WPIX. Um, But regardless, I feel like the whole thing is, we we, we talked about Jason Lives, obviously, which is my favorite one. But um, Jason Lives is like a deconstruction of uh, the slasher at that point. Whereas like Final Chapter is like, that it finally kind of hitting the peak of what it was what it was and what what it was what it was to be like it was kind of like that was the like kind of hitting its stride and becoming the perfect machine that it was meant to be like yeah. and it which isn't anything against uh the first one i like the first one fine i like the second one a lot um the third one is cool um but the fourth one is where it's finally like for a long time, it was also, like, the only ones I really watched were 4 and 6. Because 4 gives you, like, Final Chapter gives you this delightful little, like, rundown of the first three before you watch it. So it's like, oh, this is this is convenient. I don't have to watch the other ones. <laughs> this is like, you give me a rundown of, like, kills and basic story points. And then you go, you jump right into it, which is amazing. Um, and then, like, and then I really liked Tommy Jarvis's, like, whole thing. So I was like, okay. And then 6 is amazing. So we're just going to watch 6. And, like, granted... As time has gone on, I have come to like five, and we'll watch five as well. For a long time, I, yeah, the 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 twist in five drove me insane. Um, but now I've come to accept it. It is five, um, for what it is. It is five. Um, but yeah, four. It's like literally. I feel like the same way that, um, kind of, from seventy eight to at least the early eighties everything was trying to kind of ape Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everything since um, like Final Chapter, at least immediately following Final Chapter, was kind of aping that. Because it was like nothing really, that kind of was the that stuff, the perfect machine. Like it finally figured out exactly how to do a slasher movie. Like it's just like, Joseph Zito is just like, I got this. And it was just like, he figured it out perfectly. Like it is just wall to wall. Like, it's mean-spirited and nasty, but also a fun time. There's, like, lots of, like, there's a shitload of kills in it. Like, it's just, it's just, it's, oh, my God. It's, just, it's like, it's Crispin Glover is there. Uh, the Last American Virgin is there. Uh, the Teddy brunette Bear. From, yes. The brunette from Weird Science is there. Uh, yeah. Actually, I guess I should, the brunette that isn't Kelly the Brock in Weird Science is there. Um... But yeah, so it's like, I don't know, I, I've always really, really liked it. Like, it's just like, to me, I mean, I guess it's definitely, WPX is probably a factor, but like, to me, it's like, when I think of the Friday the 13th franchise, the two movies I think of 
are four and six because that's like the perfect final construction of a slasher and the perfect deconstruction of a slasher. So like that's why I was like really excited to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy too because the uh, uh, six, four, and six are in my top three. Five being my favorite because that movie is just lunacy. Oh uh, no, it is. It's, it, I, that's why I like it now. For a long time, it drove me insane, but now I like. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, WPIX definitely was a factor why I like this one so much because they showed it all the fucking time. I, I, I still remember uh, the announcer guy like Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, Wednesday at eight on WPIX Channel Eleven. And it's just like, oh god, I miss those days. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love this one. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's like, it's like what you said. Like, it's, it's, it seems like this is where they finally found themselves. Because uh, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing and shit. I mean, they did. I, I mean, they, they're all fine films. Uh, one, two, three, or four. Like one, two, three. But it was like they didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, it was like, all right. The first one made so much money. We got to make a sequel. But how do we make a sequel? We killed the fucking killer at the end of the first one. And it's like, uh, well, Jason came back at the end of the first one. Let's let's make him the killer. The where Tom Sabini was like, you guys are fucking idiots. I'm out of here. I'm going to do the burning. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're on your own with this shit. Um, I think even Sean Cunningham thought that was a stupid fucking idea to bring back Jason. But they was like, ah, like, you know, and then like, you know, the fact that this this kid, like, who who died actually didn't die. Cause like everybody's like, oh yeah, he's like he's dead. And it's like, but he's kind of like still alive. And then like because everybody's like, he doesn't fully become a zombie in until part six. And it's like, so he was alive that whole time, but he died. He drowned. Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense to Sirius. No, the only only way it makes sense in my head is that because his mother was overbearing as as she was, he basically saw the drowning as an opportunity to, like, get the fuck away from her. So he, like, went into the woods and basically became, like, that's, that's why I think that the, um, the remake actually kind of like did a decent job of kind of doing a similar thing of like explaining it where it's like he went into the woods and just became like one with the woods. He became like the ultimate mountain man. And then it's like the day that they killed his mother. Then he was like, no, now I have to get vengeance. It's like, because yes, she was horrible, but she was still my mother. And then yeah. from that point on, it's like Jason doing, and then like he gets proper killed at the end of this. Well, proper killed with uh, air quotes. Um, and then zombified as of six. And then from then on, he's just a zombie. But I was like, my whole thing in my head was that he was basically just living in the woods as like a feral child and then became the Jason we now know and love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, 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 I have, uh, there was a conversation we had. I forgot. Um, it was uh, after one one discussion we had, like afterwards, but after we were done recording, it was like... Um, how, uh, you know, uh, people were, like, against slasher movies and protesting them, but, like, those same people would support, like, movies like Rambo, and it's like, uh, they should have just made uh, Jason a fucking Vietnam veteran, and they, they would have supported it. 
like just 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 make him a military guy. They would have fucking supported it. And I have a theory that um, like uh, he did drown, and they took his body to the morgue where he came back to life. And everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's dead, but he's alive." So like the army fucking recruited him into like a special program and put him in Vietnam and shit. And that's how he learned his like his his kill his special skills to kill people and shit. And then like when uh, Pamela got murdered. Uh, he came back to Crystal Lake to get revenge, and like that's why he has all these fucking like uh, like ways and shit like to kill people using like the fucking woods and traps and all that shit because he learned that shit in Vietnam and and like when he was in the military, that would be a good that would be a good fucking like origin story and shit because I know uh, Hollywood loves doing that shit when they fucking, <laughs> they, they love doing prequel stories and shit and uh, that'd be a good one to show like how Jason learned to kill the way he does and he learned it in Vietnam. <laughs> well, at this point, if they do it, it would basically be like the legacy sequel, where it's old man Jason coming back to like go after the campers of Crystal Lake yet again, and meeting. Actually, I would be down for that if they were like, he, the person menacing him was uh, Tommy Jarvis. I'd be like, yes, I'm all in. Let's do this now. Yeah, 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 most definitely. But like, yeah, like that would that would be a good thing to do and shit. Jason learned to kill in Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he learned about like tunnel rat shit. You know what I'm saying? And and like how to set booby traps and all that. But yeah, um, going back to this one, uh, I, I I love this one, but I pretty pretty much love it because um, I, as I've told you before, um, the Friday Thirteenth movies don't uh like the the first one. Specifically, like I've mentioned how much, uh, I mean, we'll get to it eventually so I can go in depth, but, uh, I'm not as enamored with the first one as a lot of people are. I didn't uh, used to be. It wasn't until a couple of years ago when the box set came out and I went back through them all that I finally kind of understood the first one. It's just like the same thing with, um, a lot of them. Like, I had the same thing with like two where I didn't remember liking two that much and I was like, oh, this is actually, this is pretty rad. Right. And then it was like, uh, same thing with five where it was just like, I, hated five for like a long time then i watched it with the box and i'm like oh this is actually this is awesome like once you know the ending is what it is <laughs> yeah yeah no but it's like with like like the, the screenwriters for this movie didn't know how to make like kids uh the, the victims of the movies like entertaining so they're just all obnoxious uh like they're, they're extremely obnoxious in the first one they're less obnoxious in the second one they're fine and the third one, and this one is where like I I fully love all the except the the the, the asshole who um fucking uh, uh goes against uh Judy Aronson for weird science. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're a dick. Like like Judy Aronson. God bless Judy Aronson. Like um especially in this movie, if you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, like, the, the, she's very open, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to being all over him. And he's just like, I'm just going to openly uh, start flirting with this uh, this twin right in front of her fucking face. And just, you're a dick. And you deserve to get the fucking harpoon in your balls. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, uh, other than that, uh, I, I love uh, all, all the, the, the teens in this film. Like, of course, Crispin Glover is Jimbo. Like that's 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 literally my uh letter letterbox review of it. I gave it I gave it five stars. I said Crispin Glover is Jimbo. That's it. That's the review. <laughs> it, it's just like 
like that man is an absolute treasure in this movie. Like from from his dance to to to, to like um where they was like hey let's go uh, let's go swimming. No, we have no suits. You know what I'm saying? It's just like Crispy Glover is just a joy, such a joy in this movie. Crispy Glover yeah. is always great. Like literally, like I've never, I can't ever ever tell, even movies that I don't really like, like Charlie's Angels. I don't really, I don't really, I've never really liked. Um, but I think that he is good in it because he's Crispin Glover and he is always good. I've never, there's, there, I can't remember any single time where I've never, where I've not liked Crispin Glover in a movie. Like even things where like he has the tiniest part with no dialogue, he's great. And when the more that you give him, the better he is. Like Willard, he's fucking awesome. Like so, it's like yeah, Crispin Glover supremacy. Yes. Yeah, like isn't it like. I, I may be like I, I may be misrecalling this, but um, isn't it that he has no lines in Charlie's Angels because he did have lines and they he were so like te- them. yeah <laughs> he thought they were terrible, so he was just like just make my character a mute, and it was like <laughs> and it was just like the greatest decision because he's the best thing in that fucking movie. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Without saying a goddamn word. Yeah. <laughs> God bless Crispin Glover. Um, also, uh, Teddy Bear. Uh, Last American Virgin is great in there as well. Lawrence Monison, I want to say, is his name. Yeah, I think so. But uh, he he's always going to be Teddy Bear to me. Like I know <laughs> I know people remember him more, more specifically from the Last American Virgin. I, I literally have never even seen that movie. I just know that he is in it. Um, I know him as Teddy, and that's it. <laughs> like I know that he is Ted in this, and that is it. Yeah, like he's Teddy Bear. Like he's he's Teddy Bear forever for me. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, uh, of course, uh, this, this is the introduction to Tommy Jarvis. Uh, Corey Feldman playing Tommy Jarvis in here. Uh, like, I, I just realized that um, as much as I love this movie, and I've seen this movie a bunch of times, that I don't really remember anybody's names other than like that, that main core. So, of course, there's Tommy Jarvis. Uh, there's the sister Trish. There's Mrs. Jarvis. Uh, there's Rob. Of course, uh, how can I forget the uh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Who has the most disturbing, one of the most, if not the most disturbing death in the franchise for me. <clears throat> that whole, um, ah, he's killing me! He's killing Like, the fact that he's he's announcing that he's being murdered verbally is just disturbing. Uh, uh, there, there's, of course, Teddy Bear. There's Jimbo. Axel. Uh, Gordon the dog, and that's it. That's that's all. I the only really... reason I remember one more name is because um the guy who plays Doug, and I don't remember his actual actor name, but the guy who plays Doug, the one that gets his fucking uh like Jason goes after him in the shower. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. still the weirdest scene ever. Like that is like Nightmare on Elm Street two levels of weird. Um, where they're like, this is a straight man, is he though? Um. <laughs> but uh, but no. Um, the whole like, the reason I know him and I remember his character name is because he was also in Hell Knight, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. I I just remember him as a discount uh, Robbie Benson looking guy. Because uh, <laughs> because he looks like uh, uh, discount Robbie Benson, and I also know he was in that show, The Powers of Matthew Starr, which was I like know a, that is, but I'm like which sure. which is which is like an eighty superhero show, I believe. Okay. Um, it, it used to play on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel back in the day, and that's the only reason. I, like the powers of Matthew Star guy, but he's also discount Robbie Benson looking guy. 
Um, and then, of course, there's Judy Aronson. Uh, there's Dickhead. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tina and Terry, the twins. Um, I remember them. Uh, the, the, there's uh, Axel's uh, nurse girlfriend, um, which is one of the best scenes in this movie. Um, but specifically because of uh, his line and shit where uh, he's trying to get it on with her. And fucking Jason's hand plops down. Holy Jesus! Holy Jesus! God damn! Holy jumping Jesus Christmas shit! <laughs> it's like that. That is that is a line. That, <laughs> that is a line of dialogue that somebody wrote, and it is beautiful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like um, I, I. Other than that, I, I don't really remember anybody's name. And like that's really like a, 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 just a thing that's just hung to the franchise altogether that so many of the characters are interchangeable. Um, so it's just like, I know, I know these people and it's like the ones that stick out really stick out. Like of course, like Jimbo and Teddy bear and Axel. Um, and of course, Tommy Jarvis, you know what I'm saying? Because, and I, th- but that's just like default because Tommy Jarvis is just so important to the franchise altogether. So you can't forget Tommy Jarvis. Um, but it's like, uh, not until like five and six and seven where it's just like the characters really like start sticking out where it's just like, yeah, I know this person's name and I know that person's name and shit. It was like, this was around the the, the point where it's just like, everybody's just like, what's that motherfucker's name again? What's her name? Uh, like, I was, I was the, 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 the Judy Aronson's friend. <coughs> the oh, one I have no idea, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the, the one who was the virgin, like, and they made it seem like she was going to be the final girl. Because like she she was the virgin and she was scared like you know and then and then uh she decides fuck it I'm gonna have sex with uh, uh discount uh, Robbie Benson and then gets murdered five minutes later so it's just like like I I think this one is probably the one that really pushed that rule like you you can never have sex in in a in a in a slasher movie or you get murdered because. She gets murdered, like, literally. I mean, to be like, fair, they don't even have sex. So it's like, she just wants to have sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right, that is true, because I, I I don't understand how how they had sex in that. Um, oh, they definitely didn't. I don't think, I'm very confident they did not. Like, they, I mean, like, that thing is, like, I also, like, again, I, to say that character is a straight man, is a leap that I am not entirely willing to take. So, like, like I feel like that character is queer-coded before queer-coding was a thing. So it's like, and not even, I guess you can't even say coded, because he's literally, like, hitting on his friend that he thinks is his friend, but it's actually Jason. So I'm like, where he's like, he's inviting his friend into the shower with him. So yeah. I was like, to say coded is actually being charitable. Like, they're basically, like, saying this man is a homosexual without actually saying this man is a homosexual. At least a bisexual, possible. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. Like, oh, you want to come and join the show with me? I took the soap and want to help you pick it up, old buddy, old pal. He would say something like that. And it was like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm guessing because he, he obviously didn't didn't fuck his girl and shit. So it's just like, hey, my buddy's here and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let me try let, let me try with him. You know what I'm saying? Which I, I just realized something. Uh, before uh, we, we started this discussion, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring it up. I, 
is it like am I remembering correctly or is it not until part six where they actually show characters fucking on screen? And because it's it's like it's always to me it's always no, like Well, I guess they have the after, they don't actually have the but, Yeah, like it's okay. it's all it's it's always like the before and then the after. You never see okay. the you never see the actual Oh after. no 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 two two they, they get fucking speared through the fucking thing while they're fucking <laughs> No, no, but it cuts to them after they finish fucking. I thought they were like mid. I feel like they were like mid fuck, and then Jason spears them. That's why they're like. That's why it's like a perfect like. I, I think he was just. A, I don't know if they were necessarily because I remember like it's after home, uh, wheelchair homie gets the fucking machete to the face and yeah. gets sent downstairs, and it cuts to them after fucking. Um, and then like they like I, I guess they were again going for round two when Jason comes in and he spears them. If I'm remembering that correctly, but I don't think they actually showed. Like, as a matter of fact, I'm not saying they, know, I'm not they showed like penetration. Well, okay, they, they did actually show penetration on stream, but it was yeah, 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 spear. That, yeah. Um, they didn't but show that, like yeah, that penetration <laughs> they showed. Um, <laughs> no, but they, like as a matter of fact, no, because they couldn't show uh, those two characters fucking. Because remember, Marta Cobra it was discovered. Yeah, I know, but, under- they, but they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know that until they were like, yeah, but actually like, like, yeah, but like they they said that any scenes they showed of them actually fucking, they removed because she was underage. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's like, yeah, they they, they 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 probably weren't. He was just on top of her, and it was just like maybe they were going for round two and shit, and then like they got penetrated, just not in the way that uh, they had hoped. Um, and three. Like they, they 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 fuck on the hammock, but they don't they, they only show the afterwards of that. Uh four uh they just making out in the shower because there's absolutely no way they were fucking in that shower. Um not not in the way they were positioned. Uh and like they show the uh uh Jimbo and uh I forget which twin it was that uh Yeah was it was it Tina? I know they're, they're identical fucking twins that were the exact it, same clothes. It was a it was a it was a rhetorical fucking question. I was like, <laughs> um, but like yeah, like they they just showed them making out in the bed. They didn't show them actually fucking when uh, uh she you know the other twin knocks on the door. I don't leave without you. You go. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna stay here and 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 have sex with uh, George McFly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Uh, like yeah, and in part five they they show them afterwards and shit. Like Danny Steinman said, he actually filmed the sex scene, but they made him cut it because he 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 filmed it all too well, I believe. Well, yeah, uh, he was in he was in porn before. He yeah, was, uh, like he was doing regular films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they, they said he took like he took extra care to make sure he got that scene accurate, and they was like, no, no, dude, no, no, we we can't have this. Um, so he, they cut that out. So like yeah, I think it wasn't until six where uh. Uh, they show Court and um, his girl in the in the in the Winnebago fucking and shit, where they actually show two characters actually fucking. Well, not actually fucking, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, in in a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and, and I know definitely in Part Seven and shit when uh uh the the, the couple is fucking in the van and shit. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they they show a lot like no, like not the waspy couple. Uh. They, they they were they were they were kind of in the middle of fucking and they stopped and then when they started fucking again and shit they cut away. Um uh David and uh Robin are definitely fucking and uh uh Ben and, and his girl, the two the the only two black people in the movie, um they're they're definitely fucking I I remember that scene well which well, I will save that to when we get to part seven, because I definitely <laughs> want to talk about part 
cover. But like, yeah, I always, I always thought that was weird and shit that a series that's known for like, you know, it's sex and, and all that stuff and shit. They don't show anybody actually fucking until the sixth entry in the fucking franchise. Well, to be fair, the one thing I will say is, I mean, they clearly wanted to. It was like, but it was also Reagan's America, where it was just like, oh hey, we can have those violent fucking movies. Totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. You try to show people fucking. No, no, no. That's too far. We can't do that. That's 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 not going to work for us. I'm just like, it was the weirdest time. <laughs> I mean, which isn't to say it's changed that much, but like, it's changed a fair amount since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the remake and shit, and they, they have that yeah. whole fucking, like, where, where he's actually complimenting her nipple placement and shit while they're fucking. <laughs> uh, which, 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 uh, which I read is, is the part of the movie that Michael Bay walked out on. He's like, this is too much. No, but, I like, think it was actually the first sex scene. I, I remember I had read, like, that he, because he walked out very early. I think it was the one with um them in the tent. The tent? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Which is weird, which is weird. Where yes, like, I know. I was just like, that's why. That's why whenever people like called, um, like the Terminator or the sorry, the uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, that Bay did, like the Bay one. I was like, I guarantee you, when he's producing movies, he doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Like I was just like, because I was like, I have heard stories of like that, where it's like Friday Thirteenth, he was at the premiere and he walked out because he was like, this is too much. And I'm like, you were a producer, motherfucker. <laughs> like I was like, how were you unaware? Like you read the script. Presumably you were on set. Like what the fuck. Yeah, that that is that is that is weird and shit that uh, he doesn't know what was happening in, in his own fucking movie that he produced. <laughs> like, you, like as a producer, it, it is your job to know how much fucking is taking place in your film, and uh, yeah, it's your job to know pretty much everything about your film. Like, that's the fucking point of being a goddamn producer. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. It's why I did whatever people like. I was like, whatever your feelings on the Liebsman uh, Ninja Turtles movie. I was like, please do not hang them on Michael Bay. Just, And I don't mean that in like a way of like defending Michael Bay. I'm saying because Michael Bay, I guarantee you, didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Well, Morgan says, hey. Hey, Morgan. Hi. But like, yeah. Uh, but there's so many other things to love about this movie and shit. Like, uh... uh the fucking the, the the lines of dialogue and shit is just amazing here. The whole thing I mean, I about will say the thing is also like, despite you saying they are all like you don't remember their names, they're interchangeable, which is fair. I'm not arguing that point. I will say it is one of the times where like I do at least have semi positive feelings for everybody. Where it's like um, by the time you get to like seven, where I'm just like I genuinely loathe everyone in this cast. <laughs> like, I'm just like. I want all of them to die violently. <laughs> like, yeah, what? Not seven. Yes. <laughs> nah, nah. I want everybody to live in part. Well, not Melissa, because <laughs> fuck Melissa, she saw. Um, but, but like, no, like four, I was like, I think everybody is like, I. They might not be like all like the memorable names or like. Also, to be fair, it's a bunch of white people. What do you want? Um, but like. <laughs> right. um, but um, but I do think they're all like interesting enough in their small parts because like, like, there's a shitload of characters because I guess because this was supposed to be the final chapter, so they were like, we're gonna have fucking wall to wall kills, like just like fucking every fucking like possible like kill scene you could possibly want. Like we're gonna have like a fucking dozen of them. 
and right. like and they do and it's fucking awesome so it's like i do think the character stuff in it is really cool and the gore is really fucking cool obviously because savini came back mm-hmm. yeah because it's like he, he wanted to kill off the character he created um, and, and like like i also think like this one has uh as far as like uh direction and editing this one has the best deaths um like because because uh joseph zito uh is is very skilled at killing people in in his (laughs) movies um if you've seen his movies like invasion usa uh also the prowler is is really good but uh we'll talk about the prowler eventually um which is what got him this job uh directing uh the final chapter was the, the prowler uh, I also think uh, Savini, because um, Savini was also on a, uh, worked on uh, the Prowler, and he was like, "Oh, this guy's good. You should guys use this guy." Because they were trying to get Savini back for for a while, and he was just like, "No, I don't want to be in your fucking stupid franchise anymore." This is stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like that he still feels that way because I, I remember uh, he what like because you remember when they started re-releasing all the Friday Thirteens and like. They had like all the special features and all yeah. that stuff and all that shit. And so I think it was part four where Savini was like, uh, if if you watch and like any of the Friday the 13th past the first one, you're stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks, thanks, Savini. Thanks for thanks for insulting me. Like, but I'll take it because he's Savini. I'll take his insult. <laughs> but like, well, yeah, like so, I mean to be fair, like, I mean, that's just like that's just that that's just his opinion. Like I was like I because I think it's like I feel like my whole thing. I think I can't remember if I talked about it in six or not. But I was like I think Friday Thirteenth is the most consistent franchise. That's why like I yeah we did we did talk about yeah that. yeah because that's why that's why I bought the box set because like I do think that they're all to some extent or another. There's something I like in all of them. Like there's just, there's ones that are like really really good and ones that are like eh, but like they're at least all like decent. Yeah, for me from two to eight. Is the most consistent part of the franchise. <laughs> he just like, he's just like, he immediately just cut off one. It was just like, fuck that movie. <laughs> and just like, like, and fuck Tom Savini, apparently. Because like, you're like, anything after the first one is bullshit. You're like, no, fuck you, Tom Savini. <laughs> no, 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 not. Like, he's, he's the best thing about that movie. He's the reason why that movie is fucking classic as it is. Because um, everything else is just, uh, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We, we, we actually, when we were discussing doing this, uh, we, we, we were actually, uh, I remember we were discussing whether, which fr- uh, Friday the 13th to do. And I actually suggested uh, the first one because I just wanted to get it the fuck out of the way. Because um, I, I don't like anticipating the fact that I have to do that, that film. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, let's just get it over with. But Patrick had first pick. So he's like, I want to do final chapter, goddammit. And I was like, all right. Um. So 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 here Marvelous we are. Marvelous impression. There's a fantastic <laughs> impression of me. <laughs> um. So I was just like, yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna do the the first one at some point because I just want to get it the fuck out of the way. Because I feel like the, as as many episodes as we've done so far, it's been littered with uh, moments where I'm just like, fuck Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like. By the time we get to it, I'm not going to have anything to fucking say. Because <laughs> you know? everything I've said about it has been littered throughout fucking countless episodes of the show already. 
But, I mean, uh, that would be ideal because that would be me saying positive things, and then you just you would have you would have like anything negative to say. So like, that would be the ideal way to go, honestly. So we should just purse this out for as long as we possibly can. Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. But um, like yeah, um, like here here's the thing I'm gonna say, and 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 I've been planning this for a while because I've been trying to think of the, the nicest way possible because I know what I'm about to say is going to hurt your feelings. Um, but like. The, the reason, like, I prefer, like, something like this to uh, Terrifier 2. Like, the, the reason I choose Terrifier 2 is because, like, we've talked about that, like, you know, like, obviously, the big thing about Terrifier 2 is, like, you know, the the, the, the long stretched out scenes of murder and gore and all that stuff. And it's just like, that's fine and all. I like that shit. But it's like, I, 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 I like this one because of, like, its precision and with how Joseph Vito, um, Joseph Zito captures, like, the murders. Like, you know, the big set piece in Terrifier 2 and shit where that girl gets murdered for five minutes straight and in the most fucked up ways humanly possible. And it's like, that, that scene is fine and Daniel to me, but it's like, in comparison to that, where it's like, where Jimbo gets murdered and it's like 10 seconds long uh, and it's just like really, like done really quick, but not like quick enough to where it's just like, what the fuck just happened? It's like quick but precise. Like, uh, wait, wait, he's looking for the corkscrew. Hey, Ted, where the hell's the corkscrew? Funk. You know what I'm saying? And he's just like, uh, uh, and then he gets the meat cleaver to the face. Yeah. And then, and then like that quick, like almost like half a second shot of like the fucking blood just pouring out. And he's just like, uh, and then it just cuts away. And it's like, I much prefer my murder scenes like that. Then, like, you know what I'm saying? Then just to sit there and just watch someone get killed for five minutes straight. I like, I like both. Like, I mean, like, I just, like, <laughs> I just, like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I like horror in general. But, like, um, blood and gore, I just enjoy. Like, I, I, I like, appreciate the, the, the art of makeup effects. So it's, like, whether it's, like, this, which is, I think the kills in this are fucking great. Or if it's something like Terrifier 2, where it's, or even Christ, even the first Terrifier. Um... Like, I, I don't know. I just, if you give me cool, creative kills, I'm down however the hell you need to present them to me. Like, as long as they're cool and creative, I'm super down. Right. No, but, like, like I, I, I obviously very much prefer, you know, both. Like, you know, I, I love my blood and gore. It's just, like, you know, with, with, with Terrifier 2, like, the, my, my thing was, it's just that, you know, it's obvious that, because uh, Damien Leone is also a makeup effects artist, and he, he did the makeup effects for Terrifier 2. Um, and it's like that took over his sensibilities as a director, where it's just like I want to show off like my my cool makeup effects, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like just let it hold hold on it for as long as possible. Uh, I want to show off like you know what, what I can do and shit with makeup effects. And it's like I appreciate that, sir. But it's just like you're you're you wanted to show off like you know the cool makeup effects is getting in the way of your sensibilities as a filmmaker. The way it's just like. Tom Savini's there, and he's, you know, the grandmaster of gore. But, like, Joseph Zito doesn't let that get in the way of his sensibilities as filmmakers. Like, this is a cool gore effect. But, like, you know, I want to make this as shocking as possible. So it's just like, you know, the fucking corkscrew comes down at the hand and shit, and he's trying to pull off, and it's just, like, blood pouring out. Then he gets a meat cleaver in the face, and like, and then that's it. He's out. And, and it's just like, that 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 will stick with me. That has stuck with me for the longest. Just that fucking like the the corkscrew coming down, then the meat cleaver to the face. Just that fucking half second shot of the, 
the blood pouring out of his face up against the meat cleaver. It's just amazing. You know, and that's why I wanted to give Joseph Dio credit. Um, because, like, also when he kills the twin by throwing her out the window, yeah. like, uh, is fucking amazing. Like, just, like, not just for the death and shit, but the way he captures it, that shot where she goes flying out the window after Jason tosses her. What also begs the question, how, how the fuck did Jason get on that ledge like that? Like, <laughs> I mean, and that's, <coughs> there's a lot of things throughout, like, slasher films in general. Like, the only one that you, like, that you kind of, like, get any explanation is Freddy being, like, dream demons. But, like, otherwise, it's, like, if you try to break down how Michael Myers and Jason got places or did things, you're just going to hurt yourself. It's better yeah. just to let it be. Just let it be. Yeah, yeah. Also, when, when he kills, when he kills the, the first twin, where it was just in silhouette, like, uh, she's getting on her bike, and then the lightning flashes, and then you just see fucking Jason Harpoon from the back in silhouette and shadow. And it's it's just fucking glorious. Like, the fact that he shows her body, like, Jason then pins her body, and you see her body getting pinned to the side of the house. It's like, he didn't even fucking need that. Like, you know, obviously, you know, you want to get the blood in there and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like, oh I'm dead. I'm against the, the house. I'm dead. Um, he didn't need that. You could have just left it at the, the her getting killed in silhouette. And it would have been perfectly fine. I would have rather than kept it like that. As a matter of fact, when they showed it on WPIX, that's exactly how it went down. They cut out the shot of her body getting pinned to the house and shit. You just see the... Uh, her getting killed in silhouette, and uh, it's probably why I remember it a lot fondlier, like uh, watching the WPIX, even though they cut out the the other deaths, like yeah. uh, um, uh, discount Robbie Benson getting his face crushed against the wall in the shower, which is which is which is a hilarious effect because his eyes look like they're popping out and shit as his face is getting crushed. Um, also, uh, the hitchhiker eating the banana at the side of the road, uh, getting the knife through her throat. Is a great effect. It's also an effect I, I feel like Savini perfected because uh, um, in the first one, like he has like uh, two two uh, deaths like that where people getting their fucking throat fucked up. Um, the first counselor who gets her throat slashed, uh, and then of course the the iconic Kevin Bacon arrow, yeah. and it's like you could you know. I love Tom Savini, but like you can kind of tell that there's makeup effects, especially the first death, because uh, you can see that the, the 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 makeup appliance around the throat doesn't blend in with the rest of her skin. So like you can see it's an obvious makeup appliance. I mean, you're not wrong, but the also the I, thing I, is, I know I I'm not say, wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying like the only is a there is like four years worth of like experience and technology that kind of grows up in that time, and also b I'm assuming this probably they spent a shitload more money than they did on the first one. Like, so that probably also was a factor. Yeah, that is true. Um, I like, I like. It was uh, the final chapter. So they were like, we're going to go all out. Yeah, we're going to experimental expense. Here's $3 million. They probably didn't even spend that much. Because um, the, the first one was only like 500000 And I think they, what? Almost doubled it on the second one, so the, this one was probably like two million dollars. Um, so like, yeah, like that was really expensive for them, you know what I'm saying? They're spending two million dollars on the slasher movie, my god. Um, 
but yeah, like uh, Savini is is just like uh, like it, it's weird to like I can understand him saying stuff like Day of the Dead because I think that's his masterpiece as far as makeup effects because uh, like the, the the makeup effects in Day of the Dead are second to none, uh, particularly the scene where the zombie stomach falls out. I um I I remember vividly one day I was eating breakfast and I had bought a big breakfast from the store. Uh, and had pancakes and sausage and all that stuff and, and eggs and there and shit. And I decided to put strawberry syrup on my pancakes. And, <laughs> and like I was sitting there eating that breakfast, watching Day of the Dead in the morning. And um, as I was eating the breakfast and shit, I'm eating my pancakes with strawberry syrup. My father decides to walk in without knocking. <laughs> At the, the precise moment, where the zombie turns over and his stomach falls out on the floor. And he goes, hey, Rob. And then, like, uh, splat. And I turn around with fucking strawberry syrup on my mouth, like, what's up, Pop? <laughs> I go, what's up, Pop? And he goes, I'll tell you later. And then walks right back. Like, <laughs> 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 later on, he was like, how, you, how could you watch that shit while you eat, man? Like, it's a movie. It's not real, you know. Like, yeah, but that shit was gross. You know what I'm saying? It's like, eh, it's fine with me. You know what I'm saying? But um, and I know he said the Prowler as well was like he feels like as far as like I guess his slasher movie work went that that was his finest work. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I gotta give it to this one because like, uh, that fucking uh. Cutting Jason's head in half and shit is a remarkable effect. Oh yeah, no, I that that's still fucking awesome. The way that they, they kill Jason, where he's like, and then like down the hill, that's fucking rad or shit. Yeah, like, shit, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's sliding down the machete and shit as he's just going, like it's just amazing effect. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, I'm just like, like the work, his work in the Prowler is great, but it's like I don't understand how he would think it's better than his work in the final chapter. Uh, also, like the burning was great as well, which is a movie we'll get to and shit. Um, but like, yeah, the final chapter work, the the, the makeup effects work in the final chapter is fucking amazing. Um, the the fucking his, Jason's hand being cut in half and shit, and him just like yeah. looking at it like, the fuck is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, what the fuck is happening here? Like, you know, what I'm saying as his hand is split in half, like it, it, it's all it's all great stuff. It's all great stuff. Um. Nah, like it's just. I mean, I, I know, I, I know it's weird and shit, like you know, because like to to think how like at one point this movie was considered like the pinnacle of the gravity, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> and and just we're just sitting there talking about, oh, this movie brings me so much joy, <laughs> you know? Well, so that's much. the thing is like it's because like, it's, it's like the thing we talked about before, where it's just like there was a weird thing, especially like in the '80s, but like where it was just like people were kind of viewing it through this lens that was incorrect. Where yeah. it's like, they're kind of like looking at it as like, A, comparing it to like the greatest films of all time, like The Godfather, Citizen Kane, whatever the fuck. Like critics are doing that. And then you also have like parents or whatever who are like looking at it as if it's like somehow fucking like real life and corrupting children, which it obviously isn't. We like, cause we were children and it was just, good fun times we understand what make-believe is yeah um but it's like so it's just a weird fucking time but like i feel like yeah like contextually if you look back at it now i think that's why like a lot of people still really like it it's like i mean because i would say i don't know i can't really speak because i don't like look at everybody's fucking like everybody has their own 
uh, like rankings of like the franchises and stuff, and like it's really hard to keep track of everybody's. Um, but I feel like you usually see like final chapter towards the top of the pile, um, and I feel like it's rightly so. Like it's just like it's just it's because I mean I feel like the way you engage with uh six depends on you and like the way like how amenable you are to like the comedy and the meta elements so like people putting that lower doesn't surprise me it causes me intense violent pain but it doesn't surprise me um whereas four i feel like in a lot of ways is i'm not gonna say like a like perfect slasher movie but it's like it's one of the best examples like if you had to like show somebody like what an 80s slasher movie is i feel like this would be a really good example to show somebody um because it basically gives you as i said like it, they kind of had figured it out so it gives you everything that you would want and like it does it very quickly like it's like it's not a long movie like it's like an hour and a half and there's like i don't even know how many fucking kills in the movie but there's a shit ton of them yeah and like it's all done it's it's actually as i said it's actually done really well because this movie has a lot going on. There's a lot of plates spinning. There's a lot of fucking characters. And it all... It doesn't feel like it's too fast. Like It, it all feels, like, well-paced. It feels like... I mean, like, all, like, the kill scenes are original enough that you, like, you haven't seen them before. But they're also, like, interesting, like, visually. Like, as of, like, the characters might not be super memorable. But, like, they are interesting enough, I feel like. Yeah. So it's like from top to bottom, I feel like it's a really good example of just how you do a slash movie really well, and I feel like that's like that's kind of why it does bring us joy and brings most people joy because like, if you like slash movies, it's like peak slasher movie, like in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's it, it's it's odd enough that you know considering you know same how people just consider like especially this one. Um, you know, just like, oh, just, you know, blood and gore and nonsense and shit. But it's like, no, not really, because there's actually a, a, a great deal of character development. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got relationship troubles. Uh, you know, you got uh, Jimbo's friendship with Teddy Bear, you know, and stuff. And uh, burgeoning romance between Trish and Rob. You know, and it's just like, that all feels really fleshed out, you know what I'm saying, considering the fact that, like you said, it's only, like, 90 minutes, you know, and it's it's paced really well, you know, but, like, it's, like, we still got enough time to, to do that and then fucking murder everybody, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you know, uh, Homegirl with uh, uh, Discount Robbie Benson, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they got their thing going on and then her friendship with uh, Judy Aronson, and then uh I think Judy Harrison's death is actually my favorite death because it's so fucking like jarring and yeah. like undeserved. <laughs> like like she literally did nothing. <laughs> like she literally just went and like skinny dipped in really cold water. Um I'm assuming cuz I mean Jesus Christ it was night uh in like they don't say when it is. It feels like fall to me. Um like so like that really cold fucking water and just gets into a fucking raft and gets fucking murked in the worst looking way, like like the way like the like her face contorts when she like whatever. Yeah, that's the most memorable to me. Like that's the one that sticks with me most. Like that just seems horrifying. I'm glad you brought that up because that that, that brings me to another question. Um, 
Jason stabs up through her, so you can see the, the machete coming out of her back. So, obviously, he was under the water, and he stabbed her through the raft she was in. But when we see her next, the raft is still afloat? I don't know what she, again, like, I was like, basically, like, whenever you're like, yes, let's explain this Jason Rickle Myers thing, I'm like, why are we trying to do that? Like, just, you're just going to hurt your own feelings. I know, I know, I know, because uh, then um, you have the moment where uh, her, her boyfriend gets uh, lifted about uh, 10 feet into the air uh, with a harpoon to the groin. And, uh, like, and you know what's, what's, what I love about that? Because he deserved all of it. Um, but, like, not only I don't does know if anyone he... deserves that. Like, oh, no, he, he, deser he deserves he's it. He's not a he... good person. I'm not saying otherwise. But holy shit. Like, Jesus Christ. But like, it wasn't it, it wasn't enough for Jason to hoist him up into the air, but he also fires it into his groin. <laughs> like he hoists it like like ten feet into the air, and the guy's like, ah! and then he fucking fires the harpoon into his penis, uh, and it's just like, like that was overkill, but not really a shit because that guy was a scumbag. <laughs> I mean, but, it's not like he raped anybody for Christ's sake. He was just a douche. Like, I was like, I wouldn't necessarily say that all of that needed to happen to this man. Like, good lord. Like, a simple, like, you know, like a good impaling and moving on would have been fine. Like, Jesus no, Christ. No, no, I'm Team Judy Aronson. You don't just. No, I'm not saying I'm not Team Judy Aronson. I'm just saying, holy shit. Like, that's so much happened to that guy. You don't disrespect Judy Aronson like that. <laughs> I you agree. Son of, you son of a bitch. Um, but there are two things I really want uh, I wanted to bring up uh, that I feel like we, we haven't really talked about was um, uh, number one is this is the introduction of Tommy Jarvis yes um, and obviously uh, everybody's favorite Tommy Jarvis is Tom Matthews um, that being the correct uh, correct Tom, uh, Tommy Jarvis to uh, stand but uh, I feel like uh, uh, Corey Feldman actually does a, a great job in here um, being like uh, young Tommy Jarvis. <coughs> Basically being uh, young Tom Savini, because that's how he got his name. Uh, uh, Tom, uh, he was named after Tom Savini. And the fact that, like, you know, he's a budding makeup effects artist. And it's like, I don't know what, what, Tommy's supposed to be, what, 12? 11, 12? Yeah. Yeah. Child. <laughs> yeah, he's a child and shit, but like his fucking mask that he creates, especially with like the full like fucking uh working yeah, yeah. animatronic face and like this motherfucker little motherfucker is a genius. <laughs> like like what, what kind of child is creating masks that great and all that shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh Corey Feldman is great in the movie. I know he had a tough time and shit because uh uh, I, I know that uh, Joe Zito wasn't a very forgiving director. Well, uh, to be fair, I mean, also, it has been said um, that <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. The guy who played Jason in this one. Ted White. Uh, thank you. Um, I feel really bad because he died recently. Yeah. Um, but, um, but he apparently described Corey Feldman as a little shit. Yeah, and yeah. Um, like there was like one scene where he perfectly missed the cue so that he would actually scare the shit out of him. Um, and I was just like, so it's like, I do feel like there is two sides to that. But I do think 
Uh, Corey Feldman is very good. In, I mean, I think Corey Feldman is good in basically everything that he was in in the 80s. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, like, I, th- I think I never thought he was a bad actor. It's just that he's like, I mean, also, I, I do feel like to some extent the reason he is the way he is is like, if you ever heard any stories about the way he was brought up, plus yeah. being a child star, it's like, yeah, there's a reason that this dude is the way he is. Like, I can't even, I can't even like judge him too harshly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he is very good as Tommy Jarvis. I mean, yeah, he's not Tom Matthews, but like, he's not, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't, there was no way you were going to know that was going to be a thing. So like, there you go. But no, yeah, I think he's he's very good. And I mean, yeah, Josito, I know, like, definitely probably treated him differently than, like, maybe, like, Joe Dante. But, like, I mean, he got a good performance out of him. Like, I think that he's, he is good and he doesn't feel, like, I, mean, like, I do think he's very good in that part. Like, I didn't think, like, that's why, like, I was, like, I am curious what the plan would have been if he was available for five. So I know the whole reason he didn't do five was because he was doing the Goonies. So we just did a yeah. little cameo at the beginning. Um, and I was just like, so I am really curious where they were going to go otherwise. Because, like, the de- the ending of this movie definitely implies that they were like, Jason's dead, but Tommy Jarvis isn't. And it's like basically like Tommy Jarvis will be the new bad guy going forward. And I was just like, I don't know how the fuck that works. He's an actual child. Like, how the fuck do you replace Jason with an actual child? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I do find that ending weird because, like, exactly what you said. Like, uh, it it you know with, with the next one, it makes sense that they age up the character because it's like, how the fuck are you gonna turn Corey Feldman into new Jason and shit? You know, saying Corey Feldman is still an actual teenager. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like when you shot down um uh my my uh idea for like how they should have did Halloween five. They say it should have been Jamie Lloyd and it's like I didn't shoot it down. <laughs> like no, like when when they said that the, the the fact that they completely ignored the ending of Halloween four. And I was like it like, you know, it should have been Jamie Lloyd and it's like you don't think fucking Jamie Lloyd is the new Michael Myers would work, you know what I'm saying, at that time. Now, it, it, I, I think it would work in shit. You know, obviously, Daniel Harris is a lot older, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would have worked. So it made sense for them to age up the character. Uh, uh, but like, yeah, like, um, as far as uh, Corey being a little shit, like, Corey himself has said that, that he was, you know, probably like that because... Uh, he he could not stand uh, Joseph Zito on, on set because Joseph Zito was a little hard on him. I said Joseph Zito, I think, was hard on a lot of people, especially Judy Aronson, because he made her do that scene in the raft and shit. And she was actually naked in there and it was freezing cold. And Ted White basically came to her defense and was like, "You don't let her come in and warm up, I'm gonna fuck you up." <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. no, I know. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I felt bad that I forgot his name. Cause yeah, like I do like that story where it's like he fought for her to have a break, and I'm like, yeah, good. Like I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like yeah, and Ted White, you know, was a career, it was like long career stuntman by that point. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, if he tells you he's gonna fuck you up, he's gonna fuck you up. You better listen to that man. And wisely he did, and he let her come in and warm up. You know what I'm saying? But. uh no, yeah, 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 yeah. Corey, Corey Feldman is, is is great in the movie. Um, I, th- I think I know what scene you was talking about with the 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 the, the miscue. Uh, it's the scene where he fucking comes through the window. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you watch that scene, uh, Corey Feldman's reaction on his face is his genuine reaction because he did yeah. not know Ted White was gonna come in that soon. 
and, and it works great for the movie. Um, I always remember that, like when they would show promos on WPIS, they always use that shot uh, in their way. Last thing, I, this is also kind of the start of, even though it's not zombie Jason yet. I do like the the physical. The reason that I feel like, and I don't mean this as an insult in any way to Kane Hodder, because uh, I do like Kane Hodder as Jason a lot. I do think he is iconic as Jason. I'm in no yeah. way shooting on Kane Hodder. I want to be very clear about that. But I feel like um, the reason that you could replace Kate, Kane Hodder and like everybody freaked out very first Jason when they did, I was like, but to be fair, there's been other great Jasons. And I was like, one of the examples is like, I think Ted White, there's like a way that he does it, where like the way in this movie, where it's like they kind of also, he's not the zombie yet, but he definitely does like really big, like my whole thing I've talked about before, where it's like, my whole thing when I was a kid was, like, I was never, like, scared of, like, Jason. Because, like, I, to me, Jason was, like, the Hulk. Um, and I loved the Hulk. So it was, yeah. like, the, the Lou Ferdinand Hulk. So it's, like, when he's doing things, like, bursting through and, like, but basically, like, exploding through things to get into places and stuff. It's right. so fucking cool. And the way like, Ted White's physicality is makes it really fucking cool to look at. Like, visually interesting. I mean, Josie did obviously directing the shit of it. But, like... Just that, that combination is why like, this is, I feel like, also the birth of, like, the most iconic version of Jason. Because, like, you kind of get the hockey mask in the last one. But this one was the one with, like, the things, everything you picture about Jason, I feel like, comes from this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, You mentioned the hockey mask. And I do find it funny that the, the poster of this movie was the, the knife through the eye of the hockey mask and the blood, which is an iconic poster. But it's like... He literally just got that hockey mask in the last one to make it seem like it was like, it's like, it's, it, it, it doesn't mean as much as like if you watch fucking like there's a poster of Halloween and there's a knife through Michael Myers uh, eye and shit, like the mask and all that shit. And like that would mean something because he's had that mask uh, since the, the very, the very first one. This motherfucker just got that shit in the last movie, and you're making it seem like it's a big deal and shit. Oh, the, the, the knife through the hockey mask. Oh, that means it's over. And it's just like, he literally got that like in the last thirty minutes of part three. This is part four, and and like, oh yeah, that's the iconic image. But it works. Well, yeah. I say, I think it is the. I feel like it's like the thing I remember. Like cause I when I I did like you mentioned Damian Leone. Like when I introduced like when I, when I interviewed him about Terrifier two, I was just like kind of getting his like thoughts that like nobody intends to like create like an icon. They just kind of like it happens or it doesn't. Um, and I was like, his whole thing with Art the Clown, where he's just like, yeah, no. Like, when I first saw him in the makeup, I was just like, that's really fucking cool. And I was like, I did not know it would become such a huge thing, obviously, like it did. But I was like, that was my thought, was I was like, that's really fucking cool. And that's kind of my whole thing with uh, the yeah. Jason um, in Friday the 13th Part like 3. I feel like a lot of people saw the hockey mask, and like that's why I feel like that's why it also stuck. Was because, like, Baghead Jason is cool, don't get me wrong. Um, it's totally unnerving to look at. Um, but like once you establish the coveralls and the hockey mask, Jason, it's like, that's Jason. It's just like the same way that like, there was others that kind of came out fully formed, like uh, Michael Myers kind of, they, they didn't really fuck that much. I mean, like they, they haven't, it took them a long time to get the mask right again after the first one, but like they basically stuck with the same image to a large extent. And, like, Freddy, obviously, like, they kind of, like, improved it a little bit like by over time. That still was kind of fully formed um, when it came out. Whereas I feel like Jason, it took a minute. But, like, once they figured, like, once you had, like, the hockey mask and the fucking coveralls, mm. it was like, there you go. That's that's Jason. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. 
uh, also, um, the, the, the one main thing, like the, the, the big thing I wanted to talk about was like the most iconic scene in this movie. You know which scene, right? I mean, there's many iconic scenes, Rob. To which one are you referring? No, but there, 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 there's one that is is whenever whenever anybody uh, any fans of part four think of part four, they bring up part four. They always bring this scene up. And that is Jimbo's big dance. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, they, they, like when all the kids are in the house uh, partying and all that stuff. Uh, Jimbo decides to put on um. Some music. They put some. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ryan's Love Is a Lie. I have no idea, but I know apparently the way they shot it to ACDC's Back He's, in Black, which yeah, like yeah. you could tell the beat makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like like there have been multiple people who have uh, put like um, Back in Black in there, and like it. Yeah, like when when you perfectly place it, you can see like that. That's exactly what he was dancing to because he's hitting those beats. With the song they got him dancing in there now, he just looks crazy. Well, he he, he just looks crazy as is, you know what I'm saying? Because um, apparently that's exactly how Crispin Glover actually danced. It wasn't something that was choreographed in the movie. He just said, just started dancing, and, and that's how it turned out. <laughs> what I love about that scene is that you can see the cast members, like uh, Teddy Bear, turn his face because he's not trying to get caught laughing. Because it's just like... Uh, Yo, 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 look at him. Look, look at him over there. And it's just like, it's it's such a glorious fucking dance and shit. And it's just like, I, I want to picture Crispin Glover in the club and shit, just dancing to some shit just like that. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, that, that dance scene is up there with Van Damme's dance in a kickboxer. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in shit. Like, it is, it is one of the most amazing dances I've ever seen. And, uh, Oh yeah, that's another reason why that that, that guy's a scumbag because he's the one that turned the music off. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, why'd you turn that off?" And I was like, "Yeah, why'd you turn that off? I wanted to see Jimbo's continue to dance. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you deserve the harpoon in the balls and shit for disrespecting Judy Aronson, and you deserve to get shot in the balls and shit for turning off the music so to stop Jimbo from dancing. You piece of shit. You piece of shit." <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, again, I wouldn't go that far. I would. I still, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I mean, that thing is funny. Is like, I always forget about that just because, like, it's like you mentioned it as like, whatever. I was like, to me, I think of everything else. Like, I think of like all the kills and stuff before I think of that. But I mean, yes, no, it is because it's like the the, the the thing that like I don't think I think would be different now. Versus then, um, but like I don't think people knew how to use Crispin Glover in the in the eighties. Like, because by all accounts, like um, if you like listen to like uh, like Robert Zemeckis talk about Back to the Future, we had a fucking nightmare experience working with him because it was like he just didn't want to do things the way that things were on film and like the way that things had always been done. And this is another example where it's like I feel like this. The reason it became iconic, I think there'd be more iconic things if it was today versus back then, where they kind of, I think they, they kind of stifled him to some extent, um, is like, now I think they would play into his weirdness. Yeah. Um, but I think that the weirdness in this, is, yeah, I mean, I, I, I forget about it because I think of the kills first, 
but yeah, it's definitely like one of the parts of the movie that you can't really like completely forget because like basically like if you say Crispin Glover, I feel like the first image that pops in your head, if you're at least if you're a horror nerd, is that. Like it's like the first thing that pops in your head is this. Like it's just like so it's like, yeah, no, I definitely think that stuff that that's it's 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 really good. It's really entertaining. But yeah, it's like it's funny because it's like I kind of wish we had gotten more of that. Cause like by the time people kind of had figured out how to harness Crispin Glover, he was already kind of too old to make those kind of weird decisions. So it's like I mean I guess he makes his own movies that are weird, um, and then doesn't release them in any way that you can see them. Um, but um, but yeah, like Chris, Crispin Glover's supremacy is something that I would, I'm all about. Like I I I, I always love Crispin Glover. I will always love Crispin Glover. Like the, the the dance scene, yes, I. <laughs> that, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like you can you can imagine, like 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 you said that they they probably like what the what the fuck is up with this guy? Now nowadays. I could imagine like like movies like this would kill to have Christmas Glover yeah. in there. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like just just imagine like fucking like Terrifier Two with Christmas Glover in it and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like like oh yes, give me Christmas Glover, give me all of Christmas Glover. Back then it was just like we don't know what to, to do with this this kid. You know, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty, like I, I argue that um, in the '80s and shit. The movie to best utilize him was probably River's Edge. No, yeah, that, but I even feel like that movie, they don't, I don't feel like they completely got it. Like, I feel like they, they, there's elements of him in there, but I still feel like there is, like, he, he's making weird choices that I feel like they're not, like, fully letting him commit to. That's just my own personal read on it. Yeah, but, but like, more than something like this and shit. Where yes, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 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 you know, you said Back to the Future was like, hey, tone it down, kid. Like, you know, we're making uh, family entertainment here and shit. And he's like, no, I, I don't want to fucking do that. This, this is stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have ideas. And they're like, hey, keep up to your fucking self. And this. now it's like, yeah, we should have utilized all the Christmas Glover when we had the chance. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, he's, he's fucking amazing. And that, that dance was entirely him. And God fucking bless him for that because that is, that is one of the finest moments in cinema history, in my opinion. Is watching- no, yeah, I mean, that thing is, like, I do think <laughs> that thing about this movie is, um, with the exception of, uh, uh, fuck, the guy who gets the fucking, um, the harpoon to the genitals. Yeah. Um, like, pretty much everybody in the movie is venerable from, like, pretty much top to bottom. Like, they're all, like, they all have, like, something about them that makes me, like, think of them. Like, no, I, guess, I, mean, I guess you think of that guy, too, but you think of him because, like, of the way his life ended in the movie. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, yeah, like, I definitely think that the whole thing is, like, from, like, they almost kind of, like, whether it was by accident or by design, my guess is by accident, um, they kind of stacked the cast with, like, it's almost like they had, like, really interesting, like, character actors. Um, even though I think some of them were probably meant to be stars. <laughs> like, I think Lawrence Bonnestone was probably meant to be a star. Um, and I just didn't pan out. Um, and yes, like, de- uh, definitely a discount Robbie Benson guy. That's what I was going to say. Him too. I was like, there's like certain guys I think were supposed to be stars and just didn't pan out. Right. Um, but like they kind of, but as a result, you get kind of one of the best, uh, casts ever assembled for a slasher movie. Cause it's like everybody in it is interesting in some way or another. Um, which is not something you always get, and in fact, in many cases, don't often get. So it's like I feel like that's something that kind of has to be 
singled out and respected because like, we mentioned Corey Feldman, we mentioned like uh, fucking Chris Glover, but I, like from top to bottom, I think everybody in the movie is good. Like I think, I mean, even the ones that like aren't are kind of don't have a lot to do anyway. So who gives a fuck? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah, most definitely, this definitely. But um, before 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 we go, I have one final question. Okay. What the fuck happened to Gordon? I mean, I choose to believe that Gordon is still alive and, like, he, he maybe became a feral dog in the woods, much like Jason. And, like, now he did, well, he, he's probably long dead because this was the 80s and dogs don't live to be this old. But, like, for several years after the film, he was still living his best life in the woods, wondering what happened to all of his, like, all of his friends, not being completely aware that they're all dead. But like having having a good time, living off the land, like Jason in dog form. Yeah, because it's like Gordon just decides, uh, and like you know, in the last act of the movie, like fuck this, I'm out of here. Yes, and, the smartest character in the film, <laughs> and, and and jumps out the window, and we never see Gordon again, and it's just like, oh, okay. Um, I, I like you know. I always found that a weird choice. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like dog just decides to jump out the fucking window and shit, and then we never see the dog again. Like we probably uh, chilling at the same uh, place that uh, Mrs. Jarvis is. She just fucking disappears from the movie. I mean, obviously, like you know, her, the last time we see her, it's like yeah, she gets murdered, but we never see her body. Yet. I know, like we we do find the. Uh, they did film that scene where they find her body, but the scene yeah. was deleted, um, which is weird because like then it's just like she just disappears. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I always was pretty pretty aware that she died. <laughs> like I was yeah. never like as a kid like wondering like what happened to her. Like, like, like she yeah, because he was murdered yeah, by Jason. Yeah, you see, like when the last time we see her reaction is like ah, and then it's like yeah, she she was clearly murdered. Um. <laughs> But it's just like Gordon just jumps out the window and it's just like there's a lot of people flying through windows in here. I just, uh, oh, <laughs> um, especially like there's that one moment where Trish, when it comes Jason, jumps out the window, and it's like one of the greatest stunts I've ever seen. Like when she's you know falling out in slow motion, she's rolling over and all that stuff and shit. Uh, and like you know you got Harry Manfredini's score playing and shit, and it's just like one of the glorious moments. Is is an early um, rewind moment for me, a moment that I I, re, I rewound a lot, but uh, yeah, that was just the weirdest thing. She Gordon just fucking upping. I am <laughs> curious, like when they, when they land on the um, on top of the car, like the fucking um, like windows blew out. I was just like, would a hundred pound girl literally cause the windows just blow out? <laughs> like if she lands on the car, but like, okay, that's fine. And the, and the funny thing is, if you look how, because um, when they show the, the 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 other twin leaving, grabbing her bike, they see they show the car next to the house, and it was like as far as Jason threw her, because he throws her like he like he he chucks her ass like he was pitching for the fucking Yankees and shit. <laughs> he yeet her ass right out the fucking window. <laughs> there was no way she would have landed on the car. Because the car is parked right next to the house. She would have landed in the fucking bushes, the tall grass, to never be seen again. <laughs> there was no way she was landing on that car. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a movie. 
and uh, I shouldn't ask I shouldn't ask logical questions. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Magic, <laughs> just call it Jason Magic. Magic. Slasher <laughs> magic. Slasher magic. I'll just call it that. That's fine. Uh, that, yeah, like, you know what? That's fucking, that's the term we're going to use from now on for, like, a logical shit that happens in Slasher movie. Slasher magic. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for my pick. And I felt like, you know, since Patrick picked, uh, uh, what is it, Friday the 13th, like, you know, we should pair it with. Uh, another movie with kids uh, picking a uh, place in the woods and, and dying horribly. So, I'm going with the original, the immortal classic, the Sam Raimi masterpiece, The Evil Dead. Yay! One of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I love this movie more than life itself. I have said many times, and I will say again, when I pass away, I want to be buried with a copy of Evil Dead. And, and like just just put it in my arm. Like however they designed me in the casket and shit. Uh I'm, I'm sure I look like shit. Well, I, I won't care because I'm dead. Um <laughs> just, just just slipping it right in there. Just slip it right in there. That's uh, a copy of Commando. Um uh what uh a trade uh a trade of uh Mr. Miracle. Um what else? Um, I don't know. I'll think about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, this was this was most appropriate. Uh, the kids going in the woods, kids end up dead, um, and it's just like how. Like I mean, we we did have discussions on uh, whether we should do this one or the remake. Um, Cause, Which cause I was that, genuinely shocked by, because like when you first mentioned doing Evil Dead, I just assumed that we were going to do the original based on your like passionate, passionate love for it. So like when you were like, "Do you want to do the original or the remake?" I'm just like, "Why? What? What the fuck? I don't want to make this choice. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening?" No, no, no. Because I figured like you know, like you know, because um, it could be either or and shit. And then then you made the the. Um, the wise, uh, you had came up with the wise idea that, uh, we could save, uh, doing the remake when, uh, Evil Dead Rise comes out, which, uh, comes out around the 10, 10 year anniversary. Cause I know, uh, the remake came out in April of 2013 and Evil Dead Rise comes out in April of 2023. So it's like, yeah, uh, that, that would, that would work. That would work. Uh, you know, doing, doing the remake, uh, around that time. I was like, yeah, let's just, uh, it's easier for me to go with the original anyway because it's a movie I never have to watch ever again in life because I've seen it so many goddamn times. I can remember the entire thing. Um, just I could go off just memory alone. I, I never have to watch Evil Dead ever again. And I could tell you every single solitary fucking line uh, scene because uh, cause the movie... I mean, it's just a glorious movie. How can you forget it? Uh, I remember being... Uh, kid and hearing about it and I remember like being a little dickhead too because they showed it on the sci-fi channel and uh I saw a clip of it is the scene where um they they uh Ash and Cheryl come up to the bridge and they, and they find it it's fucking destroyed and uh she's pounding on the floor it's not gonna let us go it's not gonna let us leave it's, uh, it told you it told you and I remember watching that vividly 
and I changed the channel. And uh, I like I don't know why because uh, for for years and years and years I could not find a copy of that movie. Like, and, and as most people already know, um, uh, that before it became widely available, like you know, people like say like oh so many double, triple, quadruple dips of Evil Dead. Like they've released it so many times. Yeah, Anchor Bay's business model for several years was like yeah. re-releasing the Evil Dead films. I think that's like the only fucking thing they release now is, is <laughs> uh, Evil Dead One and Two, and I'm like, can can I tell you guys just how fucking hard it was to find a copy before that? Like, you could literally not find a copy of the Evil Dead anywhere. Like, uh, uh, I know video stores have stated that uh, that they they would get in a copy, it it would not get returned. It would get stolen, so they would order another copy, and that would get stolen, so they just stopped ordering it. You know, because it was constantly, it was, their tapes were constantly getting stolen. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Release as many, release as many times, you know what I'm saying, as you want. Fucking, <coughs> I have a few editions of it anyway. I have like the single disc, I have like fucking Ultimate Edition, where it come with like three discs. I have it on Blu ray, like, Four times I have the 4K somewhere around here and shit. I have that movie, like, because fuck that. Um, and uh, funny enough, too, uh, I had it on tape and that tape was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can agree, Evil Dead is, is one of the, the one of the most stolen movies uh, ever. That and uh, Phantasm, because Phantasm was another difficult one that I could not find for years until like the uh, Anchor Bay started releasing it. Uh, wow. Oh, uh, and now, uh, Wellgo USA, uh, owns the rights to it, so they released it. There's a beautiful, uh, steelbook that they released of it. I also have two, uh, steelbooks of the Evil Dead. Um, I bought one and I was gifted the other. And, uh, they was like, oh, well, if you already have it, I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll keep it. You know, uh, I'll keep it with me. Cause I'm just, you know, it's just like, I, I like, I, I just make it my mission to have as many copies of the Evil Dead as possible. Because I love this movie so much, but I remember the first time I actually, actually watched it. Um, I found I found a uh, a copy of it like on VHS in a blockbuster, which is weird enough because blockbusters never sold fucking movies like that, like sold them, like and if they did, they were fucking like butchered cuts and shit. Like I remember blockbuster uh, commissioning uh, an R-rated cut of Showgirls. <laughs> Like, why, why the fuck would you want any cut of that? <laughs> wait, 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 Like, let's not, let's not, let's not with the Paul Verhoeven It's a fucking joke, dude. That movie's good. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's, it's, it's so... I didn't say it was good either. I said it was glorious. Glorious doesn't necessarily yes. mean good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, um, no, like, it was the full, like, uncut version of uh, Evil Dead just sitting on the shelf, and I was just like, what? Um, so I bought it and uh, I took it home. I was 15 at the time, and um, I watched it how how I usually watch horror movies in complete darkness, um, wrapped up in a sheet uh, at the time, uh, and it, it it was like I, I saw a, a, a Twitter prompt I think yesterday where somebody asked like you know what is a movie that made you the person you are? What is a movie you watched that made you the person you are? And I'm like. 
I'm pretty sure it's the Evil Dead. I mean, I will also put John Woo's The Killer in there. Um, like those two movies, sure enough, changed my life. And uh, Bloodsport because uh, that that was uh, first Van Damme movie I watched, also the first action movie I watched. Um, those three movies I would say changed my life. Um, Evil Dead just like completely changed my life, but I was completely blown away by it to the point where being like a young amateur filmmaker making shorts, uh, I quickly uh, gathered Mac and my homeboy Cream together and made a, a ripoff of uh, the Evil Dead in Mac's basement called the Rudy Evil. Um, it, it was it was Evil Dead. It was just just you know it was pure Evil Dead. I am uh, not. But, I can't judge you because I basically made a blatant ripoff of a scream when I was like thirteen, so like thirteen, fourteen. So like, I can't judge you for that. No, like yeah, like yeah, like it, 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 like I tried to show it to everybody, like hey, let's watch the Evil Dead. Like come on, watch the Evil Dead with me. And they're just like, oh, Rob, not this again. Um, you know, like just fucking, just trying to show it in everybody's faces because I was just so enamored with this goddamn movie. Um, and yeah, like I, I watched it so many times. I would watch it like, you know, like you watch a movie every day, like you watch it once every day. I would, I was watching this like two or three times a day. I, I watched this on Christmas morning. And my father told me to shut it off. He's like, come on, come on, Rob, come on. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ was born today. You're going to be sitting there watching the evil day. Could you turn that off, please? Uh, all right, Pop, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait for him to walk out. Press play. <laughs> <laughs> Continue to watch Evil Dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, I love this movie sometimes. It just makes me think of the thing in um, Stranger Things, like when the, in season one, when like uh, Jonathan and uh, and Will's dad like comes back to the house and like points the Evil Dead poster. It's like, take that down. It's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. What do you know? Um, yeah. And I also got to say that the, I actually saw Evil Dead 2 in full before I saw this one. So I was confused by the ending. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, like wait, wait a minute. Because, like, I, I, in my mind, like, when I first saw Evil Dead 2, I'm like, well, he's going back to the cabin. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that, that was my idea. Like, you know, he had this experience at this cabin and now he's just going back. And I'm like, is he, is he a fucking idiot? Then I saw the, the, the first one, and the way it ends, it's like, oh, well, he's dead, so how does he come back in part two? And then, like, you know, the whole thing where it's like uh, the first, what, ten minutes of Evil Dead 2 is basically like their they're, they're kind of sort of recap of Evil Dead, just without three other people. And it's just like, you know, that's Sam Raimi being fucking weird again. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, it, this is such a glorious movie that shaped, you know, shaped me into the person I am today, and I love Evil Dead so much. I mean, the thing is funny is like I mean, we've talked about this before, but not here. Um, where I have a different relationship with it than like most people. Yes. Because um, when I was a little little kid, because this was made in eighty one, so before I was even born. But um, like my cousin Tim. Uh, Tim Philo uh, shot this movie. He was the DP. And so, um, cinematographer. And um, so, my entire childhood, like, at least it felt that way. I mean, it probably didn't come as often as my brother and I remember it coming up. But, um, like, my grandparents and parents, I mean, my, most of my grandparents, 
we talk about basically like this horrible mistake that my cousin Tim made by making this terrible fucking movie, The Evil Dead, and like they would like mention like some of like the like the like the death scenes and stuff in passing, and the dumbest thing you can do to a kid is be like, "Don't watch this. this is the worst thing ever." Right. The worst thing you could do to a horror kid is do that and also describe like the death scenes in the film. Because for years, my brother and I, at least me, I guess I can't speak for him, but like I would like come up with my own versions of what this movie looked like based on what they had told me. And it was funny because when I actually saw it, I did not expect it to be to have the tone it does, to have the, which is now the, the Raimi tone. In my head, it was like Face of Death. <laughs> like, it was like, in my head, it was really, like, it was like a fucking, like, French, French extremity film in the 2000s. Like, it was like, in my head, it was like murders. Like, so it's like, when I actually saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, but, like, um, I ended up watching uh, all of them. My brother got them on VHS. And um, it's funny, because, like, um, my brother is like, the really, really, like, huge Evil Dead fan, to the extent that, I remember, like, the first time we saw my cousin Tim, um, which is the first time we'd seen him in years, we had, like, because, like, he lives in New York, um, the city, and, um, we'd only see him, like, once in a great, great while, and, um, like, he happened to be in town one time when we were also, like, my grandparents, uh, in town, I remember sitting in the room, my brother and I are sitting on one side of the room, my cousin Tim is sitting on the other side of the room, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, five, four, three. before I even got to three, he's like, I love you, old dead. And like, my cousin is just kind of like, it's like, oh, you don't want to watch stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if he was just like being modest or if he just doesn't like the movie or whatever. I have no idea. But like, I do know that like my, um, whenever I post anything about Evil Dead, like my cousin Anne, who is his sister, um, will like be like, Evil Dead, like really excited. And um, so, like, it definitely is a thing, like, within our family um, of, like, a point of pride to many of us. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I do really like it. It is, it is, I don't want to cause you pain. It is my least favorite Evil Dead movie, um, just by virtue of the fact that, like, I think uh, Evil Dead 2 is, like, fucking the perfect engine of Evil Dead. Like, it's, like, to me, because it's, like, it just, it speaks to my sensibilities so perfectly of, like, that splatstick and all the blood and gore and like just it just speaks to me on a very primal level and then like army of darkness is completely its own thing so it's very hard to compare because it's like you can't be like how do you compare and contrast army of darkness and evil dead like you really can't they're just i think it's like an action movie versus horror like straight up horror movie yeah. and like, the remake is kind of like dead center in the middle where it's like it has kind of like elements of like the evil dead 2 like ludicrousness and then um has like the really dark shit in the first one so it's like that's kind of also hits the sweet spot for me because i'm like this is kind of what i was going for whereas the first one i mostly i think it's i i do think it's good i'm not you're shitting on it but it's mostly a thing that i admire because like the fact that they made this for like no money in like random fucking locations and like made something that still is as fresh and popular now like more than four decades later is fucking incredible. Like, it's like that's that's an achievement that I don't think can be overstated. Like the fact that you made this movie for nothing, like, you just went into the woods. It was like like a handful of people went into the fucking woods with like the most basic fucking equipment and made something that still 
is marveled at decades later. That's fucking that's cool as shit as far as I'm concerned. So like it's like so I definitely admire the fuck out of the Evil Dead. Like I was like in no way I'm just saying like from a personal preference standpoint, there are others that play to my sensibility more. But like the original Evil Dead, I think is still phenomenally important. Like I think it's like it's because it's, it's also like because it's funny because like I remember I can't remember what the fuck movie or I think it was I think it was Hundred Generation Moments maybe the next one where Quentin Tarantino or not Quentin Tarantino uh, Eli Roth um, said. Uh, Dead Alive was the first plastic movie, and I was like, "Go fuck yourself!" Like I was just like, I was like, "No, it's not." And that's nothing against Dead Alive, Brain Dead, whatever. Um, that is nothing against that film in any way, shape, or form. But like, I was like, that was being done like ten years before that, because really, the guy who invented this shit was Sam fucking Raimi. And what Sam Raimi fucking did, especially like, because this is like literally, it's kind of funny. Like, I wouldn't say he came out fully formed per se um from what he would be but you definitely get a heavy sense of like what he would eventually be as a filmmaker from just watching this one movie Mm. and you get like it's just because it's funny because like he managed to do this with really like not like i mean yes bruce campbell became bruce campbell but at the time, they're just, like, random fucking people. They're, like, they were, like, friends. They got to act in the movie. So it's, like, the fact that he did what he did with a crew who had obviously never made a movie before other than, like, random bullshit they made together and actors who had never really done a movie before other than, like, random bullshit they did together. The fact that all of this exists, like, you have all of these what should be stumbling blocks put in his way, and he still manages to make this movie, mm. which means as much to you, and you're not the only one. Like, I know so many people who, like, worship the fucking altar of this movie, and I do not in any way, like, I completely get it. I completely 100% get it. Um, Like, the fact that he was able to do that is fucking mystifying. Like, literally, just the fact that this exists and is what it is, is awesome. Like, the fact that he was able to, like, put all of this, like, random bullshit about, like, filmmaking he had learned over the course of his life... And, like, magic tricks and, like, whatever basic fucking makeup effects they could get together and then the rest was, like, fucking claymation. Like, the fact that all of that was here and it works is fucking awesome. Like, I was guessing, like, that's why, like, I do for, it's like, it's, it's not the one I watch the most, but it's the one that whenever I watch it, I mostly just, like, in awe of its filmmaking than anything else. Just because, again, like, it's, like, it just, it's the fact that it, exists and is what it is is truly they're fucking college kids like they're just random fucking college kids who went in the fucking i mean i guess and i don't know this absolutely for sure i don't know which shots are which but like apparently um my uh grandmother said that like some of the pickups um were shot in like our family's lake house like whatever uh which i have no fucking idea um and that's why she was like say me owes us a favor and i was like do you think he'd be $100 million to make my own Avengers movie? She's like, no, I don't think he would give you do that at all. I was like, you might be able to get to the like uh, to a Spider-Man premiere. And I was like, I'll take it. Um, which to date has not happened. Um, but um, but no, like, I really, I do think it's a great fucking movie. Like, I do think it's really cool. Like, I was like, I have nothing in any way, I have nothing negative to say about it. It's just like, I just think that like, as he went on, he kind of got, more in touch with what he wanted to do and like there's better versions of it but i do think that the movie as it exists 
is fucking great. Like I was especially because like um the the fact that like this one it's kind of on the edge of like because he's not really he's doing because it's funny because like when you hear things with it now they really had no intention of doing like horror like they weren't like huge horror nerds they were right. just like horror movies make money and we can get money to do a horror movie so like let's do a horror movie um but the fact that they made a horror movie like yes there's edges of like comedy on it but like the horror stuff in it like works like i still think to this day like the tree rape is really disturbing like i really don't like watching that like that really concerned every time i watch it i'm like i don't like it i know how it happened i know how they did this every, i still don't like it <laughs> like it makes me uncomfortable and like the bit in the basement with like the um like with like all the blood and everything that like I love every part of that shit. That that shit is so fucking gorgeous. I can't fucking even express how like visually beautiful I think it is. So it's like I definitely think Evil Dead rules, but it's just like I definitely like I was just like it's just to me it's like it's kind of like the like it's the bedrock in which he built things on more than anything else. But it's still a really fucking good bedrock. Like it was like, and also I do think um, the fact that they managed to get like good performances of people who were like, it's like, it's funny. Cause like, I was like, and I don't mean this is an insult to him. Cause obviously, and I don't think he would care anyway at this point. Um, but like Bruce Campbell is actually probably like the worst actor in the movie. Um, because like, it's like, like the other actors are actually interesting. Like it just like, and they also express like the way, like the change. Cause I do love like the makeup, like the way they do the, the deadites, um, uh, before they were called deadites. Um, I think it's actually still, I still think it's really, really disturbing. Like with like the white eyes and shit. Um, and like the way, like the, the, the kind of vaguely decaying, um, corpse like nature of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, no, I just like, I, I do think Evil Dead is awesome. Like, I don't want anyone to think that I am in no way. It's like, although I do think part of it was, again, like when I was a child, I was told it was the most horrifying thing ever that I could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> when I actually saw it, I'm like, it's not. It's actually kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's Evil Dead fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Bruce would probably agree with you by calling him the worst actor in the movie. Because I know that there, there, there are moments where he still cringes at his performance. Um, when he keeps getting uh, trapped under the fucking uh, shelves and shit. Yeah. That uh, I, I listened to his commentary. He was like, uh, he said, you know, this is me being an experienced actor. I probably should have pretended I was more knocked out. He said, because how was that? beam completely holding me down like you know like it was one side part of the shelf that that fucking this like oh the weight oh it's so heavy i can't get underneath it and then just like uh five minutes later oh i could just turn it over um well it's like that and, the bit that begins where it's like what's the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then uh there's that line he delivers with uh rob, rob tapper said uh uh, in all the years since its release, line has, uh, Bruce has never uh, lived this line reading down. Where, uh, Linda cannot walk with her leg like that. She can't even stand up. You know what I'm saying? Where he just he just cringes at his his line delivery, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, like I I think all the other actors are better because uh, um, they were all like actually trained actors, like um, uh, Teresa Seaforth of Bill the Sarah York. Um, Ellen uh, Sandweiss. I mean, but Ellen was like uh, a friend of theirs from their Super 8 days, but she was also a, like a theater major, I believe. And um, 
Betsy Baker was also uh, a, a trained actress. I, uh, Bruce was probably the least trained actor of that whole group and shit. So it's like, yeah, it shows. But uh, obviously, he went on to be the icon from from the, from the cast, um, and rightfully so because Bruce Campbell is fucking he, he's the god. Uh, he's amazing. Um, I, I I actually have uh, no problem with performance, even as a little cheesy. Like, uh, <coughs> I love his uh. Where uh, Cheryl makes him believe, like she when she's in the cellar, she makes him believe that she's I'm all right now, Ashley. I'm all right. And then when he like he puts his ear to the floor and she, she reaches up and tries to fucking scratch his eyes out. He goes, "Oh, you bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? Why?" <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's the that that is the line delivery of, of an inexperienced actor. Like, like he said, he has people coming up to him for years, like, uh, like, oh, like you know, you, you're acting with your your firm tongue, uh, tongue firmly planted in cheek. He was like, no, I just didn't really know how to act that well. You <laughs> <laughs> know, uh, I just wasn't really a good actor at that point. You know, but um, yeah, like, like I mean, I should say, like, he's the only icon of this cast, like, you know, because they're the Evil Dead cast, so they're just iconic for that reason alone. You know. Of course, you got the uh, the ladies of the Evil Dead, where they go off. You know, they do their own thing at conventions together and all that stuff. And uh, Rich Demanicor, who's uh, billed as Hal Delrich, um, I like. I like. It's, it's, it's funny. I know all these fucking uh, tidbits and all that shit. So, like, that's why, like, when 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 you told me, uh, like, your your cousin worked on the movie, I'm like, oh my god. And then, like, I got so many questions. I was like, "Yeah, I don't really see him that much." And I was like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, I could, I could. If you gave me the questions, I could go. I could, like, we're friends on Facebook, so I could still, like, I could give him the questions. Right, right, right. Um, my question was like, you know, because you told me like uh, he doesn't really talk about this movie much, and like, you know, um, so I'm, I'm guessing like he didn't have a pleasant experience because uh, it has been noted. Many times by by the cast and and the crew, you know, uh, Sam Raimi, Rob Tapper, uh, Josh Becker, uh, Dave Goodman, that uh, shooting this movie was, and all else, a nightmare. Um, as Bruce eloquently put it, he was like, you know, we shot this movie for twelve weeks, which is crazy. You, you don't shoot low budget horror movies for twelve weeks. You shoot them in six days. You know, they shot for, for, for 12 fucking weeks, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think, oh, although Sam had been making Super 8 movies for, for a long time, so he had experience shooting stuff. This was his full, first full-length feature, so he was, you know, kind of basically wet behind the ears and shit, so he, like, he was just doing things as he would normally do it, and it just, like... I, I know Josh... Uh, Becker had stated in the in, like I have a uh, the Evil Dead Companion book. How cool! Um, I, I, I'm sure uh, like I, I show this, but the only Patrick can see it. So <laughs> it's very uh, cool. It's a very cool book. <laughs> um, but he said like I, I remember in the book he said that because uh, he wrote a journal while he was on set. Uh, he had a journal. Um, and uh, he said that. Sam never shot a master of anything. Uh, like, Sam would just, like, shoot stuff and all that shit and, like, just, like, you know, just compile all this footage and shit. And then he would never have any selects. 
And selects, what selects are, are, um, for the people who don't know, that selects are basically like you shoot multiple takes of a scene and you choose the ones that work best, like, you know, that you might utilize in the edit when you're editing the movie. Uh, like, you know, if you shoot six takes and you use take one, take two, and take five, those are your selects. And Sam just would have selects, you know what I'm saying? Just like fucking just have, uh, just this, enormous amount of footage that he would shoot, you know what I'm saying, because Sham, Sam shot fucking crazy. And obviously, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, him being the, the mega filmmaker he is now and shit, iconic filmmaker, he, he's definitely not doing that shit again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, like, the conditions, they were in a cabin that had no heat. Uh, they were staying at a, uh, what was it, a bed and breakfast that the, they were kicked out of because they turned it into a whorehouse. Um, <laughs> Uh, they had to sleep in the cabin that had no heat, uh, no hot water. When they did have hot water, uh, Teresa Seifert took an hour shower using all the hot water. So, uh, the rest of them had to take cold showers. Um, they had to wash their hands of the, the fucking carol syrup with the, the water in the, the, the coffee maker, which, uh, as you know, is scalding hot. Um, like, yeah, um, also like, um, uh, this is a good question to ask because um, with your cousin Tim, like he, as you stated, he was a cinematographer on it. Um, he left when everybody else did, as as reported, and like the only ones left were Bruce, Sam, Rob, Josh, and I believe Dave Goodman. Um, which is where the, like the whole scene where Ash alone in the cabin came from, which is probably the best sequence of the movie, if you ask me. Um. But uh, like they they all got like they they said they all basically got abandoned, and they like no like we, we we signed the contract to shoot for this amount of time, we shot for this amount of time, we're going to fuck home, dude, <laughs> you know. And they're like no, stay longer. They're like no, fuck you, <laughs> like we're out of here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they had to invent like a whole sequence into like basically what they were able to do, and um, they they stated when Tim left, uh. Uh, he had borrowed a camera from, from his college. And uh, Sam was like, oh, you, you can't take the camera back. It was like, no, I, I can't leave it, you know, because I got it from college. And it was like, and, and, and Sam was like, look, I'll tell you what, leave it here just in case something happens to this camera. Like, I guarantee you, like, I do the best I can to make sure nothing happens to that camera. But if you take the, the, the camera the, the, the Airy BL, um, and that camera breaks, then I have no camera. How the hell am I going to finish shooting the movie? So, like, uh, like uh, leave it as a backup, but I guarantee we won't use it. All right. And, and Tim, and they said Tim was like, okay, I'm going to leave it here. Don't touch it. I don't trust you with it. He's like, oh yeah, you can trust us. They said the man wasn't even out of sight <laughs> where Sam was like, load the BL. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I read that in Bruce's book too. I was like, I, I, I was gonna, I wanted to ask him about that, but I was like, if he doesn't know, it's probably the best. <laughs> right, right. If he did know, that's why he's like, fuck them. <laughs> you, know <what> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Also, um, this features the first appearance, well, well, not uh, facially, but this features the first appearance of Ted Raimi. Where he, he's the double for Ash, his legs. Um, and Ted Raimi has stated that, uh, he initially went up there just to visit because uh, mom was like, Oh, go up and 
visit uh, your brother Sam, like, you know, uh, see what he's doing. Like, you know, maybe you get some inspiration, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, he gets up there, and the first thing Sam says to him is, um, how much money did mom send you with? I <laughs> <laughs> said, so, oh, she sent me with this much. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she sent it to me. Give me the money. <laughs> so, <laughs> The, the man went up there to visit his brother, and the first thing he does is get robbed by him. <laughs> and it's like, see, that's why uh, a lot of the reasons why I think I prefer Evil Dead over the others. Number one, I, I just love the fact that it's it's made like you know, there's comedic elements both intentionally and unintentionally. Um, but like, it's just it's pretty much just straight horror. It's a straight horror film. Um, and, and honestly enough that, uh, like, uh, 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 me and Max's friends around the neighborhood, they preferred that as well because, um, Evil Dead is the one they watch the most because I lent them my, my Evil Dead tapes. That's probably where it disappeared. Um, and it would just go around the neighborhood where people just watching Evil Dead and they love Evil Dead. They love all the fucking the gore and all the stuff and the mean spiritedness. Uh, Evil Dead 2, they liked and they hated Army of Darkness. Because it was a comedy. You know, this shit is a comedy. I don't fucking like that shit. I remember Homie Cream, um, he was excited when Drag Me to Hell came out. Uh, like, oh, like, yeah, Sam Raimi's coming back to horror, right? You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he knows Sam from watching my Evil Dead tapes. And then he watched it and he hated art, uh, Drag Me to Hell. And he was like, oh, it's a fucking comedy. I'm like, dude, um, you seem to forget the last Evil Dead movie at that time was Army of Darkness. And he was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <coughs> like as you stated, um, Sam's sensibilities lie with comedy. Like you know, he was a big Three Stooges fan, um, and there's a lot of like that shit, especially even that too. Um, but like this one, like like you said, uh, they they wanted to just come out of the gate with doing uh, make something that would be the most uh, open to being successful. And at that time, it was horror movies, so they, that's why they decided to go with a horror movie first. Um, and that's where Evil Dead came into play, you know, and stuff. Especially, like, because uh, Rob did the research and, like, you know, and, like, you know, he would go around to drive-ins and stuff and see, like, you know, the horror movies were most popular uh, movies at, like, drive-ins. So he was, like, they wanted to make the ultimate drive-in movie. Um, and, and that's how uh, Evil Dead came to be, but, like, which yeah, I want to say even Joe Bob called it at one point. I could be wrong, but I feel like he definitely has talked about Evil Dead being like one of like the definitive like drive-in horror movies. Yeah. Like, and that's that's like I mean, if, if there's anyone that's an authority, yeah, right, 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 right. Um, absolutely. Uh, like he, like he, like Rob stated, like you know, because he, he he basically do a market research, like you know, um. Like he would go, you know, sit in horror movies where people had to drive in and see like, like, you know, exactly how they reacted when they would get bored. He was like, you know, like specifically he know, he noticed that when the movie would like hit low points and would become like boring, like, like, uh, patrons would like honk their horn and turn on their lights, like, you know, letting, like, like the fucking projectionist is like, is yeah. like oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's not their fault, motherfuckers. And if, and if I was ever at a movie and somebody started fucking like honk music, I mean, like they they have you do it at the local drive-in. They do it like before the movie starts. They'll be like, "Honk your horn if you want us to start the movie." Blah blah. But if I was ever watching a movie and somebody started, started randomly honking their horn, they were bored. I would walk over to that person's car and drag them the fuck out of it. 
Right, right, right. It's like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like, just go into the movie and be like, hey, speeding things up. People getting bored out here. You know? It's like, there's nothing they can fucking do. Just chill the fuck out. And dude. even so, like, you just because <laughs> you're bored doesn't mean that I, like, everybody else is bored, too. Like, fuck you. Like, I would, I would fucking murder that person. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So, like, he, he, he noticed that. So it was just like, you know, to keep things, like, you know, going evenly paced, you know? So that's why, like, something horrific happens every couple of minutes, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, like, you know, to keep the action going and all that stuff. And, um, but like, yeah, you could tell Sam really wanted to make a comedy because his very next movie was Crime Wave, um, which, uh, did not work well for him. He had a miserable time making that movie. I think, uh, specifically because they wrote the lead role for Bruce and the, the producers of the movie, did not want Bruce in the lead role. So they had to cast another guy. Like, he, he did, him, him and Robert, like, we specifically wrote it for Bruce's style of acting because Bruce knows how to do the style of comedy that, you know, that they all like and they're used to. And they would not let them cast uh, Bruce in the role and instead uh, had cast a guy who was not used to doing that style of comedy. So that's why uh, the movie didn't turn. Also, it was just like, oh, like, you know, uh, the movie's too over the top. You got to tone it down. And it was like, well, that's the fucking point. It, it's a movie about being over the top. Like you, you, you take out over all the over the top shit, you have nothing. This movie has no point. Like, well, uh, you got to tone it down. Like, like he all but completely disowns that movie. That's so it's fair. like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember watching it when I was younger, like uh, discovering that my parents had it on a. Well, they didn't have it. They recorded it off television, which is strange to me, like, why, like, my, my parents, well, it was specifically my dad, because I know he did all that. He did all the recordings off television. Why he chose Crime Wave. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. I was like, <laughs> like, of all the movies to be like, yes, I must have this to watch this as many times as possible. Like, yeah, like, I, I have no fucking idea, like, you know, and I'm pretty sure I, there's no point in asking him because I guarantee he doesn't fucking remember. <laughs> He's just going to be like, I don't know. You know like, yeah, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it looked good. And I was like, but why that? Like, like what? what like, I, I know you possibly couldn't have seen it before. I was like, hey, this is good. I'm going to record this <laughs> next time it's on TV. Because who the fuck is showing Crime Wave multiple times enough to where you can watch it one time and then record it the next time it comes on? Um... He probably just decided as a hat, you know what I'm saying, to record it and shit, just to have something. But it's like, of all movies, that? <laughs> like, even Sam Raimi would come be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, like, yeah, he had a miserable time, like, you know, uh, filming Crime Wave. And then, uh, so he was just like, oh, that's it. You know, I blew my wad on that movie and shit. You know, he was the wonder kid after Evil Dead. And then he kind of blew it on uh, uh, Crime Wave. But then, uh, what was it? Uh, Dino De Laurentiis was like, uh, hey, uh, let's get a sequel to Evil Dead. Uh, like, okay, sure. And then, like, you know, he got to put in his comedy sensibilities in there and shit, but, like, you know, redoing the horror. And um, Or was it, wasn't it Stephen King who, like, yeah, Stephen King definitely said nice things about it, which definitely fucking upped its profile a lot. Because, like, Stephen King and, like, had, like, a poll quote. I think it's funny. It's still a thing. It happened with Terrifier as well. <laughs> where it's just, like, we went to Terrifier. 
Right. I was like, Terrifier 2, like, it has the pull quote from Stephen King on the fucking Blu-ray box. So, like, the, the, the Evil Dead having it is definitely a seal of quality, but it's like, it's it's always, like, whenever Stephen King says something is good, it's like, for some reason, it just drives people to that film. Right, right, right. But, like, I know Stephen King was shooting um his masterpiece of horror, Maximum Overdrive. Oh, God. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. I love that movie. I know. I you relax. Many people do. I just, oh, God. <laughs> like, like, here's, here's the thing from Maximum Overdrive. Like, now, as an adult, I look at it, you know, with everything I know, and it's like, yeah, this is a piece of shit. But it's still, <laughs> it, it's still a fun movie, like, that I used to watch all the time in my childhood. Like, I shouldn't even be talking shit about my dad because it's like, I was like 10 years old repeatedly watching Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> like, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, I was just like, yeah, like, like, and it wasn't even like a, a, a copy, like, like something they recorded on TV. I bought a copy from, <laughs> um, fucking, uh, uh, Blockbuster and watched it repeatedly. I watched that shit, and it's like, I, I, I was weird. I was I was weird kid. I, was weird. I remember repeatedly. I don't remember the movie at all, honestly. I remember repeatedly watching Saturday the Fourteenth. Have you ever seen that movie? So sometimes people watch weird shit when they're children over and over again. Who can say? Who, who knows why? It, it, it is true. It is true. It is true. It's like it was. It was like when I, I rewatched that. Uh, it reminded me of like uh, I rewatched uh, episodes of. Uh, I found episodes on YouTube of, uh, remember Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills? Kinda. It, it was like one of them shows that came out in the wake of Power Rangers. Yeah. Like everybody was trying to like make their own Power Rangers show. And I rewatched, I found like an episode or two, uh, or three on, um, YouTube. And like when, when I rewatched, um, uh, Maximum Overdrive, uh, a few years ago, I said to myself, and I used to watch this shit. <laughs> 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 no, but I, uh, I, I still, I still love Maximum Overdrive. But it was during the making of that because that was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, where Stephen King had heard that um, Sam was maybe had trying to get a even their two off the ground and shit, but nobody was looking to produce it because Prime kind of like killed his buzz a little bit, and he went to Dino and was like, "No, you need to like if you're looking to produce a movie like you know horror." Get that kid, you know, because this movie, Evil Dead, is really good. You know what I'm saying? So if he wants to make a sequel to it. So, once again, Stephen King was instrumental in uh, <coughs> helping out Sam a little bit. No, uh, yeah, and that's the other thing about Evil Dead that I think is cool, when you like, learn about it now, is, like, not only, like, in terms of, like, all the people who saw it, but, like, the people who, like, were involved with it. It's, like, fuck, it's like, like Joel Cohen was, like, involved, because, like, they were, like, they were friends, whatever. It's, like... yeah. It's just fucking insane. Whereas, like, you look at it in retrospect, where it's just like, it's almost like, it's like this spark that just ignited things. Where it's like, because like, the whole thing was like, um, it's like a story. Speaking of Tom Savini in the last one, uh, the last movie we talked about, um, he's told the story of uh, one time where he was like, I think it was just really randomly on the street, and like, um, Sam Raimi and Joel Cohen, I think it was. Like, ran up to him, like, Tom Savini, Tom Savini. Like, uh, we made a movie. You want to watch it? And, like, because I guess Tom Savini's policy is, like, you never know who's going to grow up to be, like, who's going to, like, make something yeah. that's, like, a epic. He's like, all right, fine, fuck it, kid. Show me your movie. 
and it was fucking Evil Dead. So he's just like, holy shit. So it's like, so yeah, so it's just like the fact that like Evil Dead fucking exists and like the way it was made is fucking insane to think about. Just sorry, go ahead, but that just <laughs> blows my brain. No, no, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, it's just like the the like the story around this movie is just like the making of it. Like, not just the movie itself, but the movie itself is just fucking just incredible. But like everything about it, like what it took to get made, the making of it, like fucking trying to get it released, is just an incredible story uh, of just resilience and luck and just you know. Like, like you know, the way, like, you know, they went about raising money, but they were just going to dentists and shit, doctors and shit, trying to get money to, to like, uh, raise the funds to, to, to make Evil Dead and shit. And the nightmare it took to shoot it, um, where uh, uh, they, they, they told a story about how, um, what was it, the fucking, uh, uh, one, like, you know, after they were done shooting, they left and they left all their, their tools and stuff and they came back and all their power tools were, were stolen. But the fucking, the camera was left behind. Like, <laughs> it, it was like, it was like, what, a $10,000 camera? It was worth $10,000. And, um, because, you know, they were in backwoods, uh, you know, redneck area. Like, obviously, you know, they had no use for that. But like fucking drills and hammers and shiz, like, yeah. We'll, we'll use those. Get them, get them up. Um, so they, they, they had started taking turns sleeping in the cabin. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And one night, Sam, Sam was sleeping in the cabin for the night. Which is still funny because I'm just like, no offense to anybody in the movie, but like, I would not, if I was going into like, let's say like steal something, I do not think that I would be intimidated by Sam Raimi. <laughs> I am pretty confident that Sam Raimi nor Robert Tappert, nor Bruce, even Bruce Campbell, would have intimidated me into not taking those things. Right, right, right. Um, on the, when they released the Blu-ray, they told this story. Uh, like, because Sam, Rob, and Bruce did the, the commentary. When when they first released it on DVD or Laserdisc, um, there were two separate commentaries. Sam and Rob were on one, and Bruce had his own. But, like, when, when they released the Blu-ray, all three of them were together. And it was it was a much better choice because uh, it's a magnificent commentary. They were telling the story and said that Bruce, it was Bruce's turn to go into the cabin and basically leave, like you know wake Sam up and shit. And he was going in there with groceries. And as he was walking to the cabin, there was a, like a redneck dude walking back from the cabin, and he had a shotgun with a bandolier of shotgun shells around his chest. And Bruce's first was like, "Oh my god, he, he just murdered Sam. He murdered him." And like he was like, I didn't know what to do, so like I was walking by, and the, my first thought was when I said, "Good morning," he said, <laughs> and, and 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 the guy said, "Morning," and Sam goes, "You said good morning to the guy you thought murdered me." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah," because I thought I was, I didn't want to be next. He was like, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> it was like stories like that and shit. It was like like they were afraid of being murdered and shit by fucking you know crazy rednecks and and backwoods uh uh Tennessee um also uh like when they were driving back after they finished shooting um <laughs> fucking like this is the one that makes me laugh because it's like they were so tired Rob 
uh, had pulled off to the side of the road. He was like, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and sleep for a bit because I'm too fucking tired to drive. And Sam was like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep driving. And he was like, why? Why did I have to keep driving? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's shit like that. Like, you know, where it's just like the whole story surrounding this movie, you know, you know, as well as the movie itself is just such a just amount of joy, like, you know, to listen to the story being told as well as watching the movie. That the other the other ones just don't have like you don't have crazy stories like no, that about that, that, the that, making that, of that, Evil Dead yeah. Two. No, I agree because that's the thing is like I will say that's the thing is like I was trying to say before um, that like yeah like I think you kind of nailed um, is like there's like all of the like things that went into making the movie are kind of palpable in the watching of the movie, mm-hmm. which I think gives it a lot because I feel like by itself. Like, and I don't mean this as an insult, whatever, but I was like, because they clearly, as we've stated, didn't really intend to or care about horror that much. So they, they, they didn't, they, whatever. So it's kind of a by the numbers horror movie on paper. Yeah. Um, and like, but the reason that it's had the life it has and continues to have um, is because like, there is a palpable, like, chaotic joyful like power to it mm-hmm. like it's like there's just something that kind of like it's like the way that like um like weird fucking like televangelists um talked about exorcist having like the fucking the devil itself on the celluloid mm-hmm. uh, which is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life um <laughs> but uh, um <laughs> but like evil dead it's like they somehow managed to capture all of like the wonder and splendor of making a low budget horror movie with your friends and like and that's why it will live forever and that's why it's like it's already fucking 40 years later and it's really not that dated um i mean yeah like there is like obviously fashion but even then like it's it's not that dated Oh yeah, especially um, especially the wallabies that Bruce is wearing in the movie. <laughs> and I guess and the only is, is, is the car, but oh yeah, no, the car is timeless. But yes. uh, the wallabies that Bruce is wearing, he's like uh, Sam even noted himself in uh, his, his, his commentary. Wallaby, that's the lamest shoe. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, like yeah, it's just um, it's just like like just like the the. I mean, it, I, I think it works that the tagline is the ultimate experience in grueling terror because shooting this movie was <laughs> grueling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the making of it, you know, and the fact that, uh, you know, like, they, I think they started in 79 and they shot, like, you know, for weeks, you know what I'm saying? And they edited it and they had, they premiered in 81. And then, like, they would, like, they tried to get it sold to, like, companies and all that stuff and, like, distribution companies. And they said they would rent out screenings for executives to come and like someone show up or someone like take calls in the middle, like not give a shit. And then like finally they met uh, Erwin Shapiro, who was like, like, like he was like, go, went all the way back to the silent era. Uh, he worked on the, the Battleship Potemkin. And uh, he came out of the screening and there's probably like one of the greatest quotes like regarding like the whole, um, Situation was like, fellas, today's your lucky day. 
It ain't gone with the wind, but I think I can make you some money. Um, he was also the one that gave it the title to Evil Dead because the original yeah. title was Book of the Dead. Yeah. And it was like, um, yeah, uh, you should call this movie the Evil Dead. They were like, why? Because I don't even you know call- if, he said, if he suggested the title over it. He's just like, <laughs> you can't call it the Book of the Dead. People don't like reading. I feel like he's chomping on a cigar while he's saying this. In my head, he is. <laughs> like, yeah. like, people don't like books. So it's like, give me a new title, kid. Right, right, right. He was like, uh, people that think they're going to have to read for 90 minutes, you call it Book of the Dead. And, um, no, I believe it was him. He was like, yeah, call it the Evil Dead. He was like, because Bruce stated that. And he said that we thought it was the, the lamest fucking title ever. <laughs> he said, what, what did we know? Um, he also did the same thing to Josh Becker when he made, uh, he made his film Strikers War. And, um, uh, Irvin Shapiro came up with the title Thou Shalt Not Kill Except. And um like like Josh was like, Oh, that's a I don't I don't like that title at all. Do you want me to distribute your movie? <laughs> yeah. Your new title is Thou Shalt <laughs> Not Kill Except. <laughs> and, and, and it worked beautifully because I I love that title. Um Strikers War makes it sound like something a little generic. I mean, it's perfect for the movie, but it sounds a little bit more generic. Like, thou shalt not kill except really fucking jumps out at you. Yes. <coughs> but, um, yeah, and, like, you know, they, they finally got, uh, you finally, you know, got it distributed, you know, because of Irwin, and uh, they was finally able to make some money back, and, like, um, no, I think, to the point, like, they, like, they were able to finally pay all their investors back with a profit, after the sales of Evil Dead 2. Like, you know, like, you know, after, you know, the directors, uh, took it, you know what I'm saying? Decided he was going to produce it, you know, and the overseas sales, the international sales of it. But they were finally able to pay all their investors back, you know, with, with a profit, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's, that's one of the things I always love about Sam, you know what I'm saying? Sam is such a loyal dude, you know what I'm saying? It was like what you were saying earlier, you know what I'm saying? It's like, think of a, think of a movie where, like, everybody started out together and, like, you know, they reached, like, you know, great pinnacles of success. You know, Sam, of course, you know, he went on to, you know, direct the, the Spider-Man movies and he just recently did Doctor Strange, which was the, the highest grossing Marvel movie of last year, 2022. Highest grossing superhero movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Highest grossing superhero movie. Um... Uh, uh, Rob, of course, had great success, uh, producing television, uh, Hercules and Xena. And, uh, then he also did that Spartacus show on, what was it, uh, Stars or Cinemax? I'm not 100% sure. No, I think, I, yeah, I think he did. Um, cause I know Lucy Lawless a lot of it. And like, and that's his biggest success. He's married to Lucy Lawless. Um, he's married <laughs> to, he's married to Xena. Um, but like, yeah, like he also, uh, like, you know, they also run Ghost House together. Uh, like their production company. I mean, they they still have Renaissance, but like Ghost House, where they produce their their horror pictures, which is also producing Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Um, Bruce, of course, has become an icon in acting. You know what I'm saying? With uh, many great and not so great movies that he's done. Well, yeah, I mean, he was kind of like because <coughs> of this kind of like it's funny because like I feel like if if it wasn't for uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, um, really. I mean, because granted, yes, Hollywood never wanted Bruce Campbell. Like, there's the whole story of, like, um, 
when Sam made uh, Darkman, yes. um, he wrote it for Bruce Campbell. And it was like, yeah, we're not using Bruce Campbell. He said, but I made it for – we're not using Bruce Campbell. And it was like, can I make him the little guy at the end? And they're like, all right, fine. Uh, we're just like – so it's like Hollywood never wanted him. But because of like this and Evil Dead 2 and kind of the snowballing, um, he became an icon on like the level of like to, – to horror nerds um, of somebody like Tom Cruise or whatever – because, like, to, like, if you, like, I mean, because like, I, I guarantee wherever the fuck Bruce Campbell lives, I think it's, like, in Oregon or something, yeah. nobody gives a fuck about Bruce Campbell there. Um, but, like, if you, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Ouch. I just mean that, <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, but, I mean, like, it's like it's not like he's, like, fucking Tom Cruise, but he has to have, like, security and shit. Right, right, like, right. Like, I'm sure, like, whatever. Whereas, like, um, I guarantee you, if Bruce does a fucking appearance anywhere... You are going to see like fucking Beatlemania level of fucking horror nerds like overtaking that dude. Oh yeah. So it's like so yeah. So like I definitely like I I definitely think that like the fact that he it, I mean I feel like everybody involved in the movie. It's funny how like about how like horrible of experience it was making it, but like the fact that like it, it was almost like a fucking trial by fire or I guess by ice in the terms of how cold it fucking was. Yeah. Um, but like it was like it fucking turn them all into something that like they all kind of have managed to make careers on for decades since. And that's fucking rad as shit. Like that's the thing that like, I think is cool. It's another thing that like, is like I, as a movie evil dead, I'm like, I think this is cool, but like, I like other ones more, but like, it's like a, just a piece of fucking pop culture, history, filmic history, whatever the fuck. I think it is more important than it even gets credit for being and it gets a lot of credit but it's like the fact that like it was this cool movie but that's all it could have been but the fact that like it somehow managed through like just by everybody involved with it and whatever the fuck weird forces in the universe conspired to put it together yeah. it became the icon of icons where they're doing a new fucking movie now like right. it's 40 fucking two years later, like, almost 45 years since they shot it. Mm. That's almost, like, if you really break that down, it's, like, almost half a fucking century since they shot it. And it's still something that if you mention it, people get excited about and want to see. That is fucking awesome. That is cool as shit, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's, that's the thing. Is like, to me, the movie, take however you want. But, like, you have to give all the reverence in the fucking world to what they did by making it. Like, it's just mind-blowing. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing, like, how, like, you know, like, everybody just kind of, like, just, you know, this one little movie that they made, and, like, you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? But hopefully we'll make some money and we'll continue on with their careers and shit, but, like, everybody just, like, you know, went on to just make a success because you can't really, like... I remember um, a couple years back, they had a screening of this and uh, Evil Dead 2. It was a double feature. And uh, that, that was the first time I've seen... They, they had did Army of Darkness, um, like, maybe a year or two before that. So, like... Uh, I, I, I could say I've seen all, all four Evil Dead movies in theater. Well, as of this recording, because of the fifth Evil Dead movie is coming out later. Um, 
And uh, like, I remember, like, I'm always enamored by the first time I saw this movie, as I was saying earlier. But like, what, what, what got me about the first time, it was just like, it, it's a movie, like I said, it's like, uh, it, it's it's not really like a, a, like a movie you watch. It's a movie you experience. You know, you don't watch Evil Dead. It happens to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, a full and complete assault on the senses, you know? And that, that's something you can't, like, you know, you just couldn't deny Sam was a talent, you know what I'm saying? Even if he was, like, unpolished and unrefined at that point in time, you know, at that early in his career, you could see that this was a kid that was going to go places. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there was an obvious level of talent right there that was just, like, um, that, like, a lot of his peers, like, who were doing horror movies at that time didn't have, like, you know, uh, like like comparable like to, to to John Carpenter at that time because you could see it like you know with John uh like how talented he was from the get go. You know what I'm saying? Like people didn't realize until uh Halloween, you know what I'm saying, which was his, his third film. And like Sam did that with his first, you know, not you know, not to compare two legends like that, but still. Um and I remember like when when I w- watched that screening uh, like, you know, in the theater, and I was really excited, you know what I'm saying, to actually be seeing Evil Dead in the theater. And it was just like, you know, like sometimes you watch a movie and you love it so much, like the only thing that pains you about it is that you never get to experience that first time again. Like, you know. I mean, I, wa- I, I, for me, it's like, I, <laughs> I don't completely have that, but I get people saying it. But for me, it's like, I, every time that I watch a movie, more often than not, I still enjoy it as much as I did the first time. Right. No, I feel that. But, like, watching it in the theater was like watching it for the first time all over again. Particularly in, in the scene, the aforementioned scene earlier, where, like, the scene, the sequence they had to create with uh, Ash by himself in the cabin. Um, And it's just, it was just, like, that, the, to me, that's why I say that's, that scene is the best scene in the movie. Because it's just, like, literally, all, all everything was against Sam at that point, he had nobody but Bruce, Rob, uh, Josh, and Dave Goodman. Like, you know, like, what the fuck do I do? And, like, you know, where it's just, like, money, like, you know, it's what Robert Rodriguez is, is, is always saying that um, creativity will save you in the end. Money can't save you. You know what I'm saying? Like, he said, that's a problem with Hollywood execs. You know what I'm saying? They have a problem, just throw money at it. But, like, you know, in a situation like this, when you don't have money to save you, you know what I'm saying, you got to use cre- creativity and instinct. And Sam made the wildest, most visually just astonishing sequence in the movie just because he had no choice. You know, like the way, like the fucking, where just capturing Bruce walking from one side of the room to the other, instead of just having, like, a panning shot, the camera just kind of does this weird, like, thing where it just fucking, like, goes into like a half circle, like a C. And like, you know, the the fact that he hung by his legs from like rafters above the ceiling so he can fucking capture Bruce walking backward and literally just like like just like it's it's insane how he fucking captured that shot because he's literally just bending backwards upside down to fucking capture this shot. Like, you know, and then like just going over like, you know, the, the rafters and shit, and, like, you know, adding that wall, wall, wall. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, like, he did that because he had no choice. And it's just, like, 
to, to see that level of creativity from a director with no money, no choice, you know what I'm saying, just starting out, it's just like, how could you deny him at that point? And it's just like, you, it's, it's, you're, you're happy for him, like when he has big success, like, you know, he gives him to do the Spider-Man movies because it's like, he's the most deserving of that. You know, he's the most deserving of like, uh, someone like, you know, to, to know what he went through to get to this point, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bravo, bravo, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got your, 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 like, you know, your, your moment in the sun where you got to direct, like, you know, cause like, it, it's a weird thing too, because, you know, everybody, uh, argues uh, about like where, like, you know, Marvel's success with movies started. I mean, of course, it's Blade. Yes. You know, you know, but like, for some strange reason, people don't want to give the credit to Blade. You know, they just, I like, think people don't think about it. I think honestly, people just don't like, I think, I feel like it'll become a thing again when the Mahershala Ali one comes out. Yeah, but I feel like right now it's kind of like it's because of the way that Marvel was just selling off assets. They were crazy Eddie um, in the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah, and yeah. kind of had movies that were like not at all connected because they were just every studio was kind of like doing their own thing. I think that's why people forget the Blade is kind of the spark that started it all. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, there, there was X Men. People don't want to acknowledge X Men either. It's, 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 it's almost like if they do want to give credit, they, they'll give credit to Raimi Spider-Man. You know, where it's just like, yeah, like, you know, um, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would, I would love to, but, you know, it's Blade. Um, and, and I'm tired of people not giving Blade the credit, but, uh, I, I, if you want to give the credit to Sam, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's just a wonderful thing, like you know, the people who deserve the success and you know deserve to have all those toys and money at their expense, they get it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't. It doesn't. It rarely happens. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, people make shit and then they get rewarded for it. But you know, that, that man made a, a great film um, with just no money and and just just absolutely like just dwindling sense of resources. And he just made this timeless, fucking crazy little movie. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like the thing is like I was like I feel like that's the whole. If if, like if you make something that is really good, no matter how long it takes, eventually like people will find it'll find an audience. And how big that audience is, who the fuck knows? But like, I feel like people that is example like Donnie Darko is an example. There's like a million fucking examples of things where it's like it shouldn't have been what it was but because it was as well crafted as it was people found it and people glommed on and i forgot that people that was in Dolly darko to this exact second um people found it and like glommed on to it and it became a part of the like fabric of the culture and that to me is more impressive because like, i um am somebody who still likes like superhero movies, Marvel movies, whatever. Um, but like, the, I do think like, yeah, like the big Hollywood movies, rat. Like it's like, they can, like, that's fine. Um, but like, to me, it's more impressive to see something like Evil Dead where it shouldn't have been a thing. Like mm-hmm. nobody cared, nobody helped them. It just, by virtue of 
they made something good, and slowly but surely, it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and became the part of uh, the fabric of pop culture. And that is awesome. That's something that... it It's why everyone tries to make independent horror movies is to get something like this yeah. because it's like it's like the whole thing of like this is kind of like in a lot of ways like the holy grail where it's like because it's like this and i mean i guess like text chainsaw as well and i mean i guess to some extent halloween but like it's just like when you make something that is legitimately one of the better entries in the genre especially in the context of the time it was made I feel like it can't help but become something greater. Like it's, it can't help but be recognized sooner or later. And I'm glad that fucking Evil Dead is still a thing decades later. Like it's that's fucking cool as shit. Like the fact that Evil Dead Rise is coming out is cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that one looks amazing. Uh, like and, and you know you gotta you gotta that's one thing another thing you gotta give credit to Sam about is that. Uh, because, like, as you stated, um, he's not, like, when he first started, he wasn't really the biggest horror fan. Um, but the fact that, you know, he continues to uh, dabble in the genre and pay respect to it, you know, like, he could have just, you know, once he found success, fuck this, I'm out of here, I'm going to off to do better stuff. And he's like, no, he, he, he stuck with horror, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh... Uh, Doctor Strange uh, that he made is basically a fucking horror movie. Oh yeah, like, dude, his Doctor Strange. I mean, even his like Dark Man is like yeah. there's a foot in horror in that movie. Like it's like it's yeah, it's an action movie, it's a superhero movie, whatever. There is a fucking still foot in the Evil Dead grave, <laughs> like the Evil Dead cellar, if you will. Right, 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 totally, totally. And you know, you gotta respect a man like that. Also, like um, you mentioned, uh, Evil Dead is in Donnie Darko. Um, you probably know this already, but uh, uh, to the people who don't know that, uh, and Richard Kelly's script, uh, uh, they were actually watching Chud, and uh, they could not get the rights to it. So Sam said, uh, allowed Richard Kelly to show Evil, like show them watching Evil Dead in the theater free of charge, because he is fucking awesome. You know what I'm yeah. saying he is fucking awesome. But uh, you know, it's funny that he just. But that uh, you said that the beautiful uh, thing uh, put it so eloquently, and I and, I, and well, while you were saying that, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I could, you know, we could, you know, end the discussion right here. And then I realized, did we even actually talk about what happens in the movie? Um, I mean, <laughs> I feel like at this point, if you haven't seen Evil Dead, that's kind of insane. But yes, a bunch of kids go to cabin. Hilarious, hilariousness ensues. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's like you know, like. At least mention a few key iconic moments like the okay. we can't we can't bury Shelly. She's a friend of ours. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And uh like you already mentioned the the infamous tree rape, which which Sam to this day regrets putting in the movie. Um uh like uh the, the, the numerous the decapitations. Uh my my thing is funny is I'd heard about the decapitations, but I was like that was one of the things I heard about as a little kid. Was it was like people getting like their heads cut off and shit? I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I was just like, well, like, uh, oh, sure, oh, oh, not decapitation, but total body dismemberment. As they, yes, as they, as they, they put it in the movie. Um, my my favorite moment in the movie is uh the meltdown scene. Yes, where uh 
Goose gets terrorized by buckets of blood being thrown in his face as a uh, like uh, oatmeal splashes around and green goo and all that stuff. And, she, and uh, yes, that was oatmeal pouring out the hand. Um, and Bruce stated himself and said, like, I guess, like, you know, the combat, anybody uh, uh, asking, is that oatmeal? He's a like, yes, that is oatmeal. Um, uh, like, what you call it? Uh, fucking, um, one of my favorite moments where, uh, where, where Scotty goes into the woods. Uh, I don't care what happens to her. She's your girlfriend. You take care of her. I'm getting out of here. And then he goes, and then he shows up five minutes later, fucked up. Um, and like he's on, he's on the couch and shit. Like, oh, it's not gonna let us leave the trees. They're alive. Uh, and, and Ash is like, we're not gonna die. We're not gonna die. We're gonna get out of here. And, uh, he starts shaking Scotty. And it's like, your, 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 your friend, your good friend has just been violently assaulted by, like, an angry, alive woods. And your first thought is to shake him violently. <laughs> it's like, nobody that. at any point in the course of the franchise ever accused Ash of being an intelligent person. <laughs> Not goddamn once. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What I love about it, he's like, Ash is like a, a more heroic Homer Simpson. Well, a less heroic Homer Simpson, I should say. Because and they uh, lean into it by the time you get to like um, Astro's Evil Dead and like Army of Darkness, they kind of lean into like he's a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's what I meant. Like he's like Homer Simpson was like as the series goes along, he gets dumber. Um, what you call it? Because uh, because in, in this one he's kind of confident individual, uh, but by Army of Darkness he's just a fucking shithead. <laughs> yeah. And like specifically in Ash versus Evil Dead, he's like a total complete shithead. Um, like, yeah, like, uh, what other, what other fantastic moments they have? Well, I mentioned, oh. like, my favorite thing is the basement, like, with the, just the fucking blood, and that just, that's so good. I love it so much. Yeah. Also, um, uh, when Cheryl stabs, um, Linda in the ankles. Uh, fuck you! Yeah, no, I don't, uh, fuck you. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> right, like, you know, that was their idea, like, uh, how could we punish the audience? And oh. they just let's stab her in the fucking ankle with a pencil. Oh um, yeah, uh, the, the the dismemberment of uh, Shelly is amazing. Um, like fucking uh, the 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 fucking when Ash cuts off uh, Linda's head with the shovel. Uh, also, when he beats her with the beam, is pretty hilarious. Oh, I will say that is the one thing that I have to like nitpick is like I did min- mean to ask my uh, cousin about it because um, when I first saw the movie, um, like when they go outside the cabin, like when he's like whatever, and there's like, this single fucking light that they're just like shining, and it's so yeah, fucking yeah, obvious. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck were you guys thinking? Like, who thought this was okay?" Like, I was just like. I'm watching this as a fucking 13-year-old being like, what the fuck have you done? Like, how the fuck were you guys older than me? And we're like, this is perfectly fine. Like, I was just like, no. Right, like, yeah, like, you, even when I was younger, it was like, where the fuck is that light coming from? <laughs> yeah. It's just a, like a, just a lone miscellaneous light shining down on her in the middle of the fucking woods, in the middle of the night. Um... Yeah, it's like it's just it's a hilarious thing. Uh, also, how does she get back into the fucking cabin? Like he he throws her out, he locks the door, and then she's just back in the cabin. No explanation. 
Um, also, um, Cheryl was locked in the cellar for a long time, and then just out of the blue decides, oh, I can get out of here. <laughs> like, so why didn't you do that at the beginning? Why did you wait fucking uh, hours and shit before you decided I can break out of here? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm Look, um, I love this movie, but it is not perfect. <laughs> also, uh, when uh, Ash shoots Cheryl in the face with the shotgun, and you can clearly see the blood tube. Um, well, uh, like I was like, oh, what the fuck? And then uh, I, I watched the movie with uh, Sam and Rob's commentary. And when that happens, he Sam goes, "Boy, talk about seeing that tube." <laughs> <laughs> Rob was like, "Yeah." He was like, "You know, they clean this up now. All this, all this is visible." Yeah. That's so, my whole thing. Is like that's the one thing I will say is like that's a thing that kind of keeps coming up as we get things in higher and higher definition. Is there's things that were not meant to be seen. That, like, now you can't help but... It's, like, my whole thing when I watched Back to the Future um, when they first showed it, like, in Blu-ray and HD. And I was like, that old people makeup is the most obvious makeup I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like, it's like, but it wasn't meant to be seen that kind of, like, you were meant to... You were, it, Evil Dead was never meant to let me play outside of, like, random shitty drive-ins. Like, so it's like, I forgive them for shit like that because, like, no one thought that that was going to be a thing. That, like, the people were going to be watching this in the highest possible definition, like, decades later. No, but that didn't occur to them. Right, 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 right. Like, you know, they made the movie to play in, like, drive-ins. And, it, like, it, it, ironically enough, it became a video hit. It became a hit more video than it did in the drive-in. And, like, yeah, like, now, like, you know, we got uh, 4K editions of it where we can fucking see every little, little fucking problem and all that shit. Like, I always laugh at shit that uh, when they're driving across the bridge, you can clearly see Rob standing at the side. Um, I think uh, in um, Blu-ray uh, edition, they actually uh, took him out. And it's like, no, leave him in. Like, you know, that's the beauty of it. Like, who the fuck is that standing at the side of the road? <laughs> um, you know, at, at the side of the bridge like that. Um, speaking of the side of the road and shit, uh, of course, uh, Sam and Rob's cameo at the beginning of the movie. Um, I'll go to hell. I'm not honking at you when they're waving. Um, and then, like, you know, when uh, <laughs> they're listening to the tape recording, and uh, what was it? Saman, Sarob, Dostes Haikes, Dostarosa, which is Sam and Rob are the hitchhikers on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, oh, like, I, I love that moment in, uh, when, when they're actually listening to the tape. And uh, like it, it's waking up evil, um, uh, like and you see like like you know the red light rising from the ground, and uh, in the comment in Sam and Rob's commentary, they were like, uh, "Oh, that is the cheapest but greatest effect ever." <laughs> <laughs> and Sam goes, "Fog and red light." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh man, oh god, I love this movie so much. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like even like you know with, with like with, with its faults, you know what I'm saying? It's like. They, they get the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they, they were inexperienced and this was their first Well, it's time. also just like, I mean, it's like the, like, I mean, I, it's like the line in Hell in uh, Hellboy when he's like, we love people, uh, or we like people for their qualities, we love them for their defects. It's mm. like, my, it's like, the reason I love the movie is because it's like, you can tell it was made by people who didn't really know how the fuck to make a movie, but they managed to come out with something that was really interesting and unique 
as a result of that. So I'm right. definitely willing to overlook whatever random bullshit is in there because, like, that's what makes it good. Like, this makes it the product that it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, uh, it's just even with its faults, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I mean, I can honestly say I, I think I, I, I love it as much as I do because of its faults, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, it's just a wonderful thing, you know, saying like, you know, watching those little things. And just like, you know, that they don't, they, they look it back and it's like, oh, wow, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, what the fuck are we do? It's out there, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing we can do about it. You know, and it's just, it's just such a glorious experience, you know. I, I know I call it a grueling experience, but it's just a, a grueling, a ultimate experience, a grueling time, but it's ultimate experience of just joy. Is the best thing I can say about the event, and like the, the, you know, the reason the reasons we listed here in this discussion is the reason why when when I'm gone and uh, you know saying yeah, get ready to put me in the dirt. Um, I, I I go with a copy of this song, you know, which which copy because I have multiple copies, so it's like which copy I don't know. Um, I'll take one and shit, and like in, in my will and shit, like anybody can have whichever copy. You know what I'm saying? You can have one. Uh, you know, Morgan can have one. Um, my nephew can have one and shit. But uh, maybe I will take the steel book. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, if you have more than one copy of it, you might as well take the fucking steel book with you. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the steel book, and uh, you can have the other one. Um, but yeah, I, I I go with a copy of silver because. This, this movie is that important to me. It changed my life. And, uh, like, yeah, uh, it, when, when I go, it goes with me. You know, that, that's, that's how I feel about this movie. Like, that's, that's how deeply it is a part of me. That it's like, when I go, it comes with me. So, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I was just like, I, we're definitely going to wrap it up, but I was like, I do think, um, I do want to talk briefly about Evil Dead Rise, just because I am, like, I do think it's cool that they have managed to move on with the franchise without Ash. Um, just because yeah. I think that's, that, that's cool as shit. Like, I just wanted to note that, because I saw the trailer, and I'm against my will, um, when, I, <laughs> <laughs> when I went to go see Megan, and I was like, it is cool that we have, like, that, it's not even the same structure, because like, that was the thing with the remake, was it was the same structure um, of the original Evil Dead. This is completely its own thing. So yeah. the fact that like this is so malleable that we not only had Ash vs. Evil Dead in the last decade, but we're getting this is I think fucking cool, personally. But yeah, um, so it's like that just kind of shows you how important Evil Dead is. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, this has been Chainsaws and Claws. Um, obviously, if you want to find us, you have found us because you're listening to us now. But like, if you're looking for us other places, we are available. I think everywhere that you can find a podcast. No matter how generic the app, uh, but definitely like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because I have checked those frequently. Um, we're also all over the uh, the various socials, and uh, Twitter and the Instagram are the ones we use most. Um, so follow us there at Chainsaw's Claws. Uh, I'm Ali Crew there. He's the Cinnamon Drunkie, and we will see you next time. Bye.